This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Season 1, Episode 6, the finale, One World. One World, One, one people. people. The fight you taking on ain't gonna be easy, Sam. Yeah, I might fail. Shit, I might die. But we built this country. Bled for it. I'm not going to let anybody tell me I can't fight for it. Not after what everybody before me went through, including you. Shit. <laughs> I almost bought that. Man, do you ever lighten up? Nope. Mm-mm. <laughs> Welcome back, fellow Defenders. This is the Defenders Podcast on TV, Podcast Industries. This time we're talking about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier finale, episode six, One World. One people. One people. (laughs) Almost had it together that time. One yeah. people. <laughs> we are here. Impression. It is the finale. It is Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. We are here to talk about it in all its glory. Wing smashing, high flying, shield bashing, batrock leaping, glory and everything. It's all here. We we they basically threw the kitchen sink at this gentleman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a big episode. But in order to even get into it, we need to introduce the host. I am Chris. I'm one of your other hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow defenders. I am one of your other hosts, John. (laughs) They did throw the kitchen sink at this episode, Chris, but we also are on the heels of the announcement of Captain America 4, the fourth movie in the Captain America series starring Anthony Mackie as Captain America. So we already know before we recorded this episode that this is going to be the sequel to the first season of Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to be a Captain America movie written by Malcolm Spellman, the showrunner for the show. So uh, that's kind of exciting to already know that, that that we're not waiting for a confirmation of a season two of this show. Oh yeah, no, and I think but I think this is the, a fantastic way of doing it from Disney, which mm-hmm. is going to be a season and a film, a season yeah. and a film. Like if they continue this on, because essentially this is what we got with One Division, basically, we yeah, got yeah, a season and a film with her appearing at, as co-star of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Exactly, exactly. Um, so this is interesting way of doing it. It's like actually here is all the background you need to know. Exactly. In a huge six or eight hour, uh, or what, four hour, whatever, six or eight episode extravaganza, and then for, like brought, continued on with two and a half hours of a beautiful theatrical release that you can watch without watching the background shows, yep. but it's enhanced by this kind of basic. We always kind of used to ask, like, oh, what, why is Cap doing this? But yep. now we know why Cap is doing this. Ahead of the film. Exactly, exactly. So very exciting news uh, to, to kick off the podcast. We'll get into... Yeah, our, definitely. Our, yeah, we'll get into our discussion about uh, episode six of the show in a second. Uh, just a quick bit of feedback uh, from last week. I know Chris and John, you were asking uh, if anybody had some feedback on the uh, less than honourable discharge 
uh, from the army uh, yes. from last episode that that John Walker got. Uh, Steve Bren uh, sent us an email. He said, Derek, you are completely right. There is honourable discharge, general discharge under honourable circumstances other than honourable discharge, discharge and dishonourable, which is basically like felony convictions. It's on every job application you fill out for the rest of your life. There's a bad conduct discharge, which is rarely used. General discharge is used when the troop has done something to get kicked out and does not want to go to court. Uh, I did have a troop get popped for marijuana um, but he got a general discharge because he didn't want to go to court about it, uh, where normally he would have gotten other than honourable or dishonourable discharge. There you go. Wow. Interesting stuff, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Steve. Like, again, we are a, a, an Irish um, podcast uh, talking about it sometimes American things, so this is actually useful to know. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just gives more flavour and background. Exactly. Yeah. We also have a voicemail feedback from Greg Schwamm. Hey, guys, this is Greg. Uh, I just wanted to give you a little bit of feedback with regard to the honorable versus other than honorable versus dishonorable discharges from the military or from the U.S. military. Uh, so long story short, if you have, if you were working in a grocery store um, or a department store, uh, if you did your job and went through your time and you said, hey, uh, okay, I want to quit or I want to go get a job offer somewhere else, whatever the case is, and you quit or gave your two weeks notice or whatever, and you left, that would be like an honorable discharge, right? So you have like a positive recommendation or references or whatever the case is. Um, a dishonorable discharge would be like you committed a crime. And so you stole something from the department store that you're working for uh, and Hey, you, you committed a crime and there were other proceedings and whatnot and you were prosecuted and you lost your job. And now anytime you go to apply for a job, it's going to be like, Hey, this guy stole from me. So you probably shouldn't hire him. Uh, and other than honorable discharge is kind of, kind of the middle ground. Like, so, uh, it'd be basically, Hey, you weren't very good at your job, but you didn't break any rules. So we're just going to let you go with and basically say, Hey, you don't have a reference or a positive reference from us. Um, so that's, that's basically the difference. So, uh, hope, hope that helped. Um, so the other than honorable discharge, given that he basically committed a war crime, um, basically is, is he's getting off easy, but, um, not like, Hey, you are going to be able to get benefits and whatnot. All right. Look forward to the last episode. Bye. Thank you, Greg. Those examples actually helped so much. So he's getting the he's not getting his recommendation. Although it's okay, Val is gonna take him at his word. But well don't, yeah. don't well, call her Val. <laughs> exactly. Thanks so much for that, Greg. Yeah, that is really useful. Yes. Thank you, fellow defenders, for that feedback and we asked for and we did receive, so that is fantastic. But that is enough chit chat because we have a spoiler filled discussion of our finale of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Excuse me, excuse me. Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Oh, yes. It is episode six. It is the finale. It is all here. If you're joining us for the first time, cool. Welcome to the finale. But mm-hmm. make sure you head on over to tvpodcastindustries.com where you can send in your feedback. You can leave us a voicemail. You can subscribe, like, and share, record, all the fun things. Yes, but if you just want to do the odd email, don't forget you can head on over to feedback at tvpodcasting.com and send us your thoughts for this whole season. And we will be, yes, fellow defenders, we will be doing a wrap-up where we talk about your thoughts 
and the uh, inevitable, amazing pub quiz results will be next episode. So make mm-hmm. sure you get in the results. <laughs> yes. Make sure you get in your answers. Make sure you get in your feedback. And next episode, we will be discussing all of that. Mm-hmm. Derek, do you want to give us the episode details? Absolutely, yes. This episode was written by showrunner Malcolm Spellman uh, and Joseph Sawyer. Um, we've talked about Malcolm Spellman before and, and his credits. Uh, Joseph Sawyer was a, is a writer on the upcoming third season of Power on Stars. So I think he's done about eight episodes of that. So quite a big responsibility for him uh, on that third season over on Stars. Uh, but Carrie Scoglin is the director once again. has directed every episode of this series. I am wondering with that announcement that, uh, that Malcolm Spellman is going to be writing the Captain America 4 movie. Will Carrie Scoglin make the leap? from the Disney Plus show over into directing the movie as well. That'd be really interesting. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Not going to lie, it might be a really good thing, but I suppose they might hold that off until closer to closer in development. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, It's either that or, or the Russo brothers might return uh, to oh do another Captain God, America movie. Yeah. No. <laughs> Probably not. But no. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the episode? Sure. As the Flag Smashers implement their plan on the Global Refugee Council members, Sam Wilson, a.k.a. the Falcon, a.k.a. Captain America, flies in with the shield in hand to stop the attack, wearing his new Captain America uniform and flight suit. Aided by Bucky Barnes and Sharon Carter, they attempt to stop the Flag Smashers from kidnapping the GRC. As they close in on Carly Morgenthau and her band of flag smashers at a construction site, they are joined by John Walker, intent on revenge for the death of Lamar and sporting his newly constructed Captain America shield minus 2.0. <laughs> Sam arrives in time to save the GRC members, but Carly escapes into the construction site where she is intercepted by Batroc and Sharon, her former boss, the power broker. <sighs> With her identity revealed, Batroc is shot by Sharon, who in turn is shot and injured by Carly. As Sam arrives, he tries to reason with Carly, but as the standoff becomes more tense, Carly is shot by Sharon. In the aftermath of the GRC crisis, Sam convinces the leaders to use their power wisely, and they postpone their forced relocation of the post-blip displaced people. At the raft, Baron Zemo relaxes to the news that the remaining super soldier flag smashers captured by Bucky and John Walker were blown up by Zemo's butler en route to prison. Mm-hmm. John Walker receives a new uniform from Countessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine with the code name US Agent. While Bucky follows Sam's advice and makes amends with the innocent people he hurt as the Winter Soldier. Meanwhile, Sam reconnects with Isaiah Bradley and reveals a memorial dedicated to him at the Captain America exhibition at the Smithsonian. In a mid credit scene, Sharon Carter receives her pardon from the US government and rejoins the Secret Services, where she plans to exploit her access to secrets and weaponry as the power broker. And maybe more, which we will definitely be talking about in our points for this episode. Uh, I think we're going to break down the episode as we normally do with our top five bullet points. But this time, I think we're going to talk about our characters. Would that be the right way to do it this time? Yeah, I think so, because it is very much punchy, punchy, actiony, actiony mm-hmm. um, uh, throughout the whole episode. So it probably makes sense to talk about the characters themselves and what they do from start to finish. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> you're not. Only kidding. Only kidding. Yes, it does make sense. <laughs> so let's kick it off. Straight up there. Let's talk about our Captain Americas mm-hmm. uh, in more of the ways than one. Let's kick off with Sam. 
Yes, what a great intro to uh, the new suit. We kind of hear him talking to Bucky in the earpiece, saying he's arriving in the city uh, from overhead. You kind of see the silhouette of Falcon, but you don't see the suit until the initial, uh, the initial big moment as he's as he's coming in through the window trying to save the GRC members from being attacked by the uh, by the flag smashers. And it's so cool seeing the seeing the shield flying in through the window and Falcon coming in behind it. A uh, real hero moment. It really felt like the movies uh, on on TV again. Yeah, th- this was awesome. Um, just so, so cool. Seeing him fly in and just the, the new suit reveal, the shield, uh, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, it was just really cool to see, uh, Sam Wilson, uh, in the Captain America suit that had been made by the Wakandans and carrying that shield, uh, more importantly. Yep. I think, um, for Doing sure. a couple of Captain America moves, putting the shield on his back and it's sticking to it exactly like Captain America used to have. He had his, had his little kick moment where he kicks the shield up into his arm as well. So, uh, he is truly Captain America here. Yeah. yeah it's, it's really good because, I mean, as well, you know, he's not, He's not a super soldier. He's not had that serum. Uh-huh. So, you know, the fight with Batroc, it, it felt more grounded. You know, it, it felt, um, real. He, he's, he's got to use still his, his flight pack. You yep. know, he's still got a, he's now got the shield as well. Plus we have, uh, you know, Sam Wilson has his red wings and um, mm-hmm. they are back. It's now he's got two of them. Yeah. And so that was really cool seeing them sort of in that effectively airborne taxi chase with the helicopter. That's that's the great thing about Falcon or Captain America with wings. Dare I say it it is like Captain America has drank Red Bull. Um, He has his wings and it just really adds like you can have this airborne chase with with the helicopter like we saw in the first episode. Absolutely. Um, But just before quickly we go a a little more in depth into the helicopter chase. Chris, what do you think of the suit, the actual new suit for Cap? So I do like it. It's ripped straight from the comic books. It looks fantastic. Um, It's bulky. I think that's the kind of one thing. It just looks bulkier but then again this is the i suppose this is why cap and all the rest of them are able to have that more sleek is because they are they are enhanced by the super soldier serum so he's not he is still a man and the one the one thing i'll call out is in that fight with batrock for example he fires the shield at batrock and batrock kicks the chair at the shield yeah and the shield just lands He's a man of peak physical fitness, mm-hmm. yeah. but he's still not enhanced with that kind of when he's throwing the shield. So, yeah, he's uh, still uh, learning that shield craft, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, I suppose, but he still he, it looks great. It flies great. It's fun. It's just I can see them. This is the V one. This okay. is essentially yeah, yeah. like they'll over time they'll they'll I I can see them throughout the films and they'll the iconic uniform Cat America at the end of Avengers. Mm-hmm. That's where I see we'll get. Like this was this is his first Avenger outfit, which was quite bulky and okay. big. And they'll just they'll like they'll surely will go, oh I came up with a new version and here's slightly sleeker. Maybe, maybe. Or you'll get Hank Pym maybe going, oh here's one that like the wings zap in and out as you need them. Or here's a air energy version wings. Like, I can see them adding to it over time now. Yeah, maybe. Um, I think this one's going to last through the movie. And I think the, the choice here of it being bulkier is that it's armored uh, because he's not super soldier. So it has to be a bit bulkier. It has to have some armor built into it um, to protect him from those punches and hits that 
cap could have taken, I suppose, that, that Steve Rogers' cap could have taken being a super pair soldier. Yeah, I mean, I I think the, the look of the new suit is really good. I love the addition of the wings. I think that just is, adds this other dimension mm-hmm. to what Captain America can do. Um, really, really liked it, like, as well. But it, it, you know, it's that kind of, um, it, it's that smashing of Falcon suit and the Captain America suit mm-hmm. for the new Captain America. And, um, I, I thought it looked really, really good. But I have to say, you know, if I had ordered online from Wakanda and had received that, I, bulky is the right word. Um, okay. I was thinking more frumpy, I guess. Oh. I, I do feel that Wakandans would have made something sleeker with the technology that they have mm. and with the same amount of strength because he's not superpowered. So I understand it needs to be more armored. Mm-hmm. But like you look at the Black Panther suit um, and you, you look at the designs of those, even say with uh, Ant-Man, um, they, they feel a bit more streamlined, and I, I oh, felt okay. that would also have helped with his aerodynamics if he's flying. So, I, I think the Wakandans missed a beat here in in um, the sleekness of the design and incorporating vibranium elements into it a bit, like and and like the energy thing. You know that that would be really good because that would help Sam mm-hmm. effectively level up on power uh, as an unpowered, non-serum-taking, um, regular, at-peak-physical-fitness guy. Interesting. I think they did a great job of not making it look like one of the Wakandan suits, effectively, because we saw two of those in the Black Panther movie. I think it was cool to make something that fit the character of, of Falcon 2. My favourite use of the suit definitely is in the fight with uh, Carly Morita, where she kicks the shield and he's holding the shield up and opens the wings behind oh, yes. himself. It's like, okay, this is a new Captain America yeah. with new abilities Absolutely. here. Absolutely. It's so cool. I love the the use of the wings here. I dare I say, I guess Disney Plus will be uh, really disappointed in me saying it, but I love the way, um, a bit like the Paramount stars, uh, the Falcon tipped his wings into the water <laughs> when he was chasing um, the uh, the helicopter. Or, or you know, like a, a swift that dips and skims the water. Right. I love Not that little Paramount touch stars, of him. Yeah. <laughs> doing that you know it did feel like the a bird movement mm-hmm. um, and i thought that was really cool yeah and the other animal reference is when he protects himself and the cop from the helicopter mm-hmm. uh, smashing down on him and he puts the wings around him and the shield on top and i had just thought of the testudo the tortoise formation of like roman soldiers oh, where yes. they kind of all move in a square yeah. i thought that was uh, really, really cool. Yeah. And I think that's where the, that, that building up of energy in the suit, like the Black Panther mm-hmm. suit, would really have made sense in terms of the helicopter hitting him. Cause I still think, well, Sam's could have been smashed yeah. <laughs> yeah. under that. Cause he still needs the strength to hold that, that shield, whole shield. Um, and so having the energy, uh, thing that would have kind of you know helicopter hits and it just goes pings off like a bouncy ball and um, yeah exactly maybe they're just would saving really that technology cool. for their king remember so yeah, they, that is true. the only available to black panther in uh in wakanda well, so maybe is, they just wanted to save it for their king that is just true. in case he ever gets into a fight with falcon in the future you don't want to prepare him for that fight yeah. and make him and uh, make the two of them uh equals right no, that, that's true <laughs> and i just just to quickly say i do like the new suit uh-huh. i 
it was more, I felt there would be more tech elements from the Wakandan tech. Okay. Not necessarily the design, not that it would have Wakandan iconography through it, it yeah. would have the Ameri- yeah. Captain America iconography. I think they would, you know, that would, uh, in the design of it, it's more the, the technology. Yeah. yeah, that the Wakandans have because they are massively advanced in comparison to America. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. in terms of their tech, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think. Look, all hail the new Captain America. Mm-hmm. Oh, excuse me, excuse me, Black Falcon. Sorry, sorry, no, no, that's Captain America. Absolutely, that scene was brilliant. Come on, I was, it was so it happy. was good. Yeah, but I definitely had flashbacks to um, Spider Man Two yeah. in New York. That's that was the kind of feeling where it's this moment of everybody filming what's going on with Falcon, and somebody calls out, "Oh, Black Falcon, isn't he great?" And another one of the people filming on their phone goes, "No, no, that's Captain America." It's a, it works really well in the cinema and worked great in the cinema with with Spider Man Two. It could come a little bit cheesy, yeah, kind of moment. Yeah, and. I love that he's got his red wings back, um, and it's two for the price of one yeah. now. He's got two uh, red wings, and I loved how they use red wing uh, in this because first time of watching it through, I didn't catch the moment where Sam says, identify who's on the helicopter. See yeah. if anybody on the, on the helicopter yeah, is a pilot. Yeah, to see if they can pilot it. Yeah. And so when that happened, the first one through, I was like, well, how did he know that? And I just thought he knew the 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 senator or the person from the GRC. Mm-hmm. But I loved how they integrated that and then how it helped him because he's not powered. I yeah. thought that was just a real great moment where he uses them by planting them on the bonnet of the van to to kind of push mm-hmm. with his own backpack the the van to save the the council members yeah that was very cool very cool wouldn't it have been hilarious if he'd sent out red wing to find out who was the pilot and it came back and went the pilot is the pilot that's sitting in the front seat yeah. <laughs> that's squeak, the only squeak, person squeak, squeak, that can fly squeak, yeah, squeak, exactly. squeak squeak <laughs> exactly uh, very cool scene they were repeating kind of the the big action scene of the first episode where he dives through the two doors taking yeah. out the pilot and the uh, the minister from the Philippines I think it is who's the pilot uh, sits in the front seat and is able to take it over really good action scene a really uh, you could see how the, the dynamism in the scene you could really see that playing on a big screen I totally want to see that in, in a sort of a in some oh, yeah. in the future it'd be cool I'm gonna give them the props like the action throughout this yeah. was like they wasted like they they did the Disney Plus money like this was a forty minutes of the opening sequence from episode one? Like it, it was just constant, like high high energy choreography, yeah. like wire work, uh, CGI. Like this was a like a large MCU film, yeah. But for forty minutes, forty five minutes, and the rest was the talkie talkie, which is always good. Talkie talkie is still good. That's what I was just about to say, Chris, because you just mentioned the big action sequence. That is a massive part of the episode. But within Sam and what's happening in this episode, his ability to talk out a situation is really important to the character that we found throughout this season. And in the neck, I suppose, part of this point here, uh, we have his face off with Carly first, where he's absolutely refusing to fight her. He's trying to talk her down still. Uh, and that kind of leads to his big speech to the GRC, this moment when he has a second after saving them, after uh, landing in the centre of New York with all of them, telling them that what they're doing is not including the people that they're trying to protect or the people that they're trying to save. They're not including them in the room. And I think it's a really, really empowering speech. Feels like this is our true new Captain America. Yeah. Again, a person that is able to ha- take those moments to tell people, 
look, think about what you're doing. You're coming from the wrong place. You're making these decisions not for the people that have voted you in or not for the people that you're supposed to be supporting. You need to think about those people and make sure they're in the room with you, at least in your mind, so that you're making the right decisions. Uh, this is effectively to correct correct the decision that the GRC seems to have made to set up, essentially set up camps for the displaced people um, post the blip, the people that, that have been displaced by people coming back from the blip. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it's really important because it's it's just so well done. I think, um, you know, the the writing in that speech that Captain America Sam Wilson does to the GRC members, with you know the media looking on uh-huh. and so on, um, after he's brought Carly's body back from that construction site to take her, at least you know to bring her to a, a an ambulance, um, you know she has dies she has been shot yeah. but um and certainly that image of him coming down it was very angelic um with her in his arms and <laughs> um, or you know the the eagles from lord of the rings uh, i guess bringing you know helping gandalf and then the the speech because it, it's it's coming at a uh you know it's coming at that point of view of knowing where carly comes from yeah. in terms of their situation this idea of having a power that is so great like he says you can take out a forest you can start a war yeah. that kind of power and the fact that you know you just have the same people in the room when you make those decisions people with power you don't have the people that you're going to impact exactly and it, it it's the empathy that he brings to that um that speech and the idea of labels is just really, really good. Yeah. Like I, I loved it. I mean, there are a few moments in here where I got emotional mm-hmm. um, yeah. and I think having, um, you know, Sam Wilson as Captain America, definitely one of them, but in a kind of, you know, a yay kind of moment. Exactly. And then, um, the, but these, the, these speeches that he had, uh, and also the meeting with Isaiah, you know, I got a little moist, I yeah. have to say. Yeah, absolutely. I totally, totally understand that. And the important thing about Sam's speech as well is he's not telling them what to do. In fact, he's telling them, I don't know what to do. It is complicated and it should be. Your job should be complicated. Yeah. You need to think about it. That's what you're here for. You need to yeah. take a moment to step back, think about it rather than reacting as if everybody's out to kill you and everybody's a murderer. You need to think about what you're doing to the people that you're supposed to be responsible for. Yeah. It's a really good way of having Sam incorporate his uh, his identity into uh, the situation. He uses that subtle thing of trying to get empathy with the people that he's speaking to, saying, yeah. you know, how did you feel when you've been helpless in that hostage situation where you don't have any control with the flag smashers uh, kidnapping you? You know, how did you feel? Yeah. Um, in fact, you know, being in a van that's about to topple into a massive void of a construction site um, and potentially kill them. Yeah. That, that moment of helplessness and that, you know, these displaced people from the after the blip um, and... And, and that whole situation, that's how they feel. Um, and also, you know, he does really, um, I, I guess his empathy bit, you know, where he says, I was just so happy when he, he said this, he says, every time I pick it up, I know people are going to hate it. Mm-hmm. You know, him having the shield and as 
a black Captain America. Yeah. Um, I no, you know, no blonde hair, no blue eyes. Yeah. You know, I can feel the eyes on me now, and it's just like it just bring it just meets that whole thing head on. Absolutely. And it was really, really good. Absolutely. I'm sorry, I got a text message. <laughs> Jokes aside, <laughs> great this, moment for Bucky. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. Just just diffusing the uh, not tension, but diffusing this moment because they're buddies basically. And really, yeah, and he does call him Cap immediately afterwards. As yeah, well, which exactly. Is, which is really good. A great choice by Carrie Scoggins or, or the writer of the episode as well to have this all playing out in TV with all the characters you can't really incorporate uh, into every moment of it. Watching this on screen, you see the reaction from Isaiah when. Um, Sam is explaining his situation. I know people are going to hate me. I know not everybody's going to want me as Captain America, but I'm going to do it anyway. And you see the joy in Isaiah when he's going, okay, well, he's made his choice now, and that's totally right for him. No, this was, um, this was emotional. Um, I called out to my wife, essentially, this is airing, we're recording this on the 24th. This, this launched on the 23rd of April. And uh, the same week, there was the the verdict on the George Floyd case, um, and this is uh, like we've had the U.S. President Biden talking about race relations in the, the the U.S. This this was written and recorded months ago. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing how stars align, isn't it? I guess. exactly, and um, I think it's just this for any of our uh, African American kind of listeners. This could have had so much more impact and emotion behind it. Because, again, I'm a, a pasty-faced white man from Ireland. And yet I still felt this huge emotional impact to this. Absolutely. As this discussion yeah. happened. Yeah. And I think it was just, overall, yeah, I can't, I can't complain. I'm like, it's... The, the way it came together. And I think that is going to be, as you said, this is the strength of this character of Sam Wilson. He was, above all else, in the initial, he was a counsellor. He, yeah. like, he's, he, uh, yes, he was an airman in the Air Corps and he's a soldier, but his job, when, before coming into this, was helping people being that uh, orator, like the debater. So, him, this is what I can see him with a war of words in some of these greater, um, in some of these greater episodes or series, whatever films, what we're going to get, he's going to have these discussions. Yeah. And I think that's, as I joked about, yes, we get the punchy punchy, but now we're going to get these very strongly written talkie talkies. Um, Absolutely, and, and that is totally fundamental to his character. There, that's that is the the Sam Wilson that we're going to get for the rest of the movies and, and in the future. I think that's really really good. Speaking of moments that are affecting, I have to say the section with Isaiah where Sam goes to visit him uh, after everything that's happened, goes back to visit him, kind of to talk to him about the fact that he's taken on this identity as Captain America and ignored the pretty strong advice that Isaiah was saying was telling him don't do this basically yeah. uh, and he's he has the conversation with him and then brings him to the Smithsonian exhibit that we've seen all the way back to Winter Soldier this this kind of exhibit all about Captain America and how great he was and this lost Avenger that disappeared for 30 years and now in this uh, in this exhibit itself we have Isaiah and there's this great tribute to him with a statue of him um, in his in his army uniform, and it, just got to read the first line of it, but it's effectively saying you uh, he's been forgotten 
uh, too long, he won't ever be forgotten again, and giving the full detail of his service record. So um, I think it's a beautiful moment, and you yeah. see it kind of pairing with Sam joking with Isaiah before, saying, you never crack, you never uh, you never give me any leeway at all, and his grandson's laughing, saying that's what he's like all the time, and then Isaiah cracks and gives Sam a big hug for finally acknowledging his contribution, which I think is, is a massive moment, and I, it definitely had a few tears in my eyes for that one. Yeah, no, it's 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 so, so good. And, like, the, the whole thing that the Smithsonian is exhibiting, the history of Isaiah Bradley and his role in not only the military, but as uh, um, Captain America. Yeah. Um, and it connects to the conversation in the backyard in Baltimore uh, between Sam and Isaiah and uh, his grandson as mm-hmm. well. You know, this idea of history uh, and being effectively, you know, removed from history. And, yeah. and this brings it back in. You know, Sam says that, you know, we built this country, we bled for this country, no one's going to tell me I can't fight for it, not mm-hmm. after all the pain and sacrifice, you know, and, and in particular, seeing uh, Isaiah Bradley there, you know, his personal pain and sacrifice as yeah. well. Yeah. And like, it just connects so well. And is also another real important facet of this conversation yeah. from this show exactly exactly i also love uh just a little touch that i really enjoyed having uh having isaiah doing the gardening and lifting that massive <laughs> yeah, plant. yeah absolutely like four or five people to yeah. lift that he just lifted up and yeah. puts it in another location yeah. and there's no attention to drawn to it at all it's just how powerful this guy is in his normal daily life doing the gardening you know? well that's it. he's got the strength and he's got the delicate thing to put in the greens into the the veg box there you yes go. <laughs> did you think that I, I was waiting for the grandson just to kind of also pick one up and that was just, literally was just no attention because in the comic books, the grandson is a character name of he's a young Avenger called Patriot. Yep. Um. So I now we know he's in the MCU. I was expecting them like just no mention, just him casually pit helping and picking up a, a plant pot, and then we're like, okay, the foreshadowing that he will become Patriot and Young Avenger. Yeah, I, I totally expected a little bit. Yeah, splash, there but. was none. I was like, oh no, come on. <laughs> But if we are going through characters uh, in this episode, this is truly Sam's episode. So much time yeah. dedicated to this moment of him taking on the shield, taking on the mantle of Captain America, justifying it to the world as to why he's doing it and talking about those issues, I suppose, that he had in making that decision. I think it's a uh, really well done. But the show itself, Falcon the Winter Soldier, let's go on to uh, to bullet point number two. Bucky does have a pretty good storyline in, uh, in this final episode as well. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. Yes, I completely loved Sam's arc throughout this. A big part for me is Bucky's. Sebastian Stan, the emotion that he can just give in a look um, is fantastic. Yeah. We'll, We'll go back to the fight scenes. We'll talk about the fight scenes last because I did like some of the fight scenes that Bucky does and like launching himself on the the motorbike was great. For me, the, the, the delivery of the the book, him passing the book on, and the final name circled of Yuri. He has been avenging, as Sam calls out in the last episode, yeah. for all these wrongdoings. Now he needs redemption. And he went, and we see yeah. him go to Yuri and essentially confess. 
Yeah, and it was so well handled and yeah. so well written as just, you know, the Bucky's not a very talkative person um, in general. He's always trying to keep himself to himself. But the way it was delivered of your son was murdered uh, by me, Yuri saying why, and he said, well, I didn't have a choice. And you can feel every bit of I didn't have a choice in the lines being delivered uh, here. For, yeah, for I Bucky, mean, it really felt like the pressure that he's been under to try and explain to people that this is absolutely completely controlled, forcing him to murder people. And he was unable to do anything about it. We yeah. hear in the conversation with Carly, he even says, you know, I've stood up in the past for uh, trying to try to stand up for something greater than myself in World War Two. He was the proper soldier. He was the one that was encouraging Steve to go into the army. You know, he's he's a very righteous type of person. And, they, and all of his abilities were twisted and he was completely out of control and sent to murder people over decades. And that I love the psychology of that all bound into that one line uh, with Yuri. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, man, Sebastian Stan can act. You know, his Wakandan scene from a, the previous episode and this one with Yuri. I, I love Yuri from the first few episodes. Uh, I love that relationship. Um, and like effectively it's the breaking of that relationship yep. through the exposure of the truth. And it was just done so well. I loved how, you know, after Bucky, you know, says that he had no choice, that it just focuses on Yuri and, and it, it leaves it there. It doesn't kind of go into any further reaction of what happened. Yep. It's just the piece has been said. Yuri is processing that in that immediate aftermath and they just leave it there and yeah. you 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 see the moment where he sees yuri then at the um the the restaurant with the the girl from behind the the counter oh. um, and yeah. like actually to begin with i thought it was going to be him going into oh, then speak so to her yeah. um but it, yeah. you see yuri there and you realize you know he's he realizes that yuri is grieving but can still now knows he knows the truth exactly. to be able to process it and grieve properly i'm so glad there wasn't a moment like in 80s movies where it's like oh well, that's okay that you killed my son i you must have been going through a hard time that's okay you know forgiveness for for him this is the massively difficult thing that bucky has to do and we don't see exactly what the reaction from yuri is but we know he now has the answer he's wanted which is all that bucky could do is just given the answer that he needed. Uh, really, really good. And closing that down with the psychologist, as you said, leaving back the the book with all everything marked out uh, and telling her um, he's able to move on now, I think, was, was really good. Yeah. I wanted the 80s moment. I wanted him <laughs> to go into the... Because I want him to have his life. So basically, he's yes, he has his life. He's moving on. But I did want some form of resolution with the the date with the the girl from the cafe i was oh, hoping okay. he would go in and kind of see that's because you don't remember the 80s as much as we do it's true it's true i don't yeah. uh, I, I think more so if we were to see the extended scene with yuri i think what we actually would have seen wasn't being wasn't telling bucky to get out of his house i think i think it actually would have been a more much more negative moment because oh, that that couldn't have gone well and because yuri's in the in the restaurant he's not going to go in and have a chat with uh, the girl he had a one night date with um they're having that talk he's leaving their life alone and he's walking away now he's he's closed off that part of his life 
and is moving on. Yeah, exactly. I think that's all that's all done well to not have it on screen because you don't want to see in your final episode, you don't want to see Bucky get thrown out of someone's house when he's when he's opened up his heart and told them what's happened. But it, the the rest of that conversation couldn't have gone very well. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. And, and going into the restaurant when he's there, it wouldn't have helped exactly. either. It, I just thought it was nicely handled. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of things really nicely handled here. Uh, but coming to the fights of Bucky, mm. it's like, Bucky, you had one job to do. Uh, mm. I love that from Sharon um, when he effectively gets sucked in by... Um, Carly into the phone call yeah. as she delays him so that he can't help um Sharon stop the flag smashers from leaving the yeah. GRC building. So yeah. like uh, really really good. And for me the best fight for Bucky here was in the construction yard. Mm-hmm. Um I loved um just the it felt like just with the use of the arm and stuff oh. and, and with the steel girder I really you know firstly protecting him from it as it falls and then wielding it against one of the flag smashers, I thought was really, uh, really good. Yeah, yeah. Also yeah. like that Carly had the measure of him as well, where she's fighting against the flag smashers yeah. and she goes, he needs something to save and that will distract him. Which I think is really, it's, it's like as if she's able to see his character really well. It's like, okay, we'll give him an alternative here. If he has something to save, then he won't be on the offensive. He'll be trying to save the, save them. So yeah. I thought that was a, a good little, good little choice there as well. I, I loved I loved that he used uh, the uh, bike as a essentially a catapult for himself yeah. a bucky pult. Um, <laughs> just I was like, all right, like I, he could have swerved around it, but no, 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 he's just gonna go straight. Whooting! I was like, all right, <laughs> very, very cool. Good. That that was definitely fun. Yeah. I, I'm right there with you on the the using the arm as the shield, and it was just overall great. His fight yeah. scenes were great. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah. I do like that the uh, the phone call uh, did come back to bite Carly uh, pretty badly yeah. because that's effectively how himself and Walker were able to catch all the rest of the flag smashers. He now <laughs> had the app open on a phone given to him and was able to track the ball effectively. Yeah, he's so, yeah. not just a good looking guy. Absolutely. He's also got brains. Yes, yeah, yes. But we do close out Bucky's story uh, with that final kind of closing scene where we have the cookout at Sam's <laughs> place where everybody's taking photographs with the new Captain America, and we see. Bucky smiling as he's walking up to the cookout. Isn't that like a, a kind of a massive moment in a way, considering every time we've seen Bucky for the last uh, few sh- few movies and, and now the TV show, we don't see him smiling very often. So, Well, that's uh, it. Not only has he thrown off the Winter Soldier um, baggage, mm-hmm. but also emo Bucky Barnes baggage exactly. has gone yes. as well now. <laughs> because I, I have to admit, he's chatting up Sam's sister Oh, and yeah. he has his arm out, and the two kids are yeah, like that was basically cool. hanging from his arm. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, like that's what you do. Like, hey, like let me play with your vibranium metal arm, please." Uh huh. And he's Lots just there, like letting them hang from it, and he's chatting up Sarah. And I'm like, "Yeah, that's Bucky. That's good. Absolutely. Like, that's the Bucky we saw in literally Captain America: The First Avenger. Yeah, that's the Bucky from who was at the World Expo." Uh, chatting up the dames yeah like and i'm like yeah that's great to see like this is what i want i like not saying that the 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 emo uh characterization was bad i'm not saying that yeah exactly we're not saying it's just it's going to be fun to see these characters going forward these like i'm happy to see a happy captain america and a happy winter soldier going into these new films 
because yeah. the one of the greatest storylines ever told throughout a lot of the MCU is the tragedy of the characters. Yeah. So there's been a lot of tragedy. Yeah, exactly. And now we're going to get, we have some joy. There's got to be some happy moments. I mean, yeah. we've, we, you know, there's the bromance with Sam, but, you know, I want to see Bucky, you know, with a romantic aspect to him. You know, you thought it could have been with uh, the, the lady at the Japanese restaurant, yeah. but it could be with Sarah. And I really hope so, because I just think the comedy fallout from that with Sam Wilson would be just awesome. It would be Lethal Weapon, where Riggs start going out with Murtaugh's daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's going to be that. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I... It would be such a callback, and it would be so fun. But so let's see. Just, so it's playful, playful banter between them, and that's what was happening with uh, with Riggs and Myrtle's daughter in, in Lethal Weapon. They never dated, Chris. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I very young in comparison to, to Riggs. Well, that, yeah, that's it, true. It was the fun of the banter of someone that uh, that your partner is telling you don't go anywhere near them. So of course you're going to banter with them, which is what uh, what good old Bucky's doing. Uh, but I, I like that. I like that the ending was a was a, a smiling moment for Bucky. Yes. But gentlemen, let's move on. If that's everything, let's move on to the other major kind of characters. Um, first and foremost, let's talk about the, the, the quote unquote bad guys. Let's talk about Carly. Let's talk about the Flag Smashers and let's talk about the Leaper himself, Badrock. Yes. Yes, uh, I, just because you've done that voice, Chris, it just reminded me of uh, of one of those moments in the episode where Sam and Batrock are having a battle, and Batrock goes, "I'm going to take your suit and sell it on the open market." And Sam, what do you think I'll get for it? And Sam says, um, "A baguette and some French fries." And all I was doing was laughing because I'm going, "This guy's Algerian," and that's really xenophobic of, yeah. of Sam to go, <laughs> "Oh, here's some French things that you can trade in." <laughs> this was really funny. Do you want some snails, maybe, with that? Um, but yes, but yes, we do have uh, have Batroc, and we have the end of Batroc in this episode. Batroc was a, was a character that came from the movies that we talked about before. Was in uh, Winter Soldier. Um, he turns on Sharon Carter when uh, he finds out that she is has hired him and is the power broker, and therefore has a ton more money than he thought she had available. So is looking for four times the money and gets a bullet for it. Um, I thought it was interesting having this character who's, you know, he's a reasonable comic book villain for Captain America. But the fact that they pulled him back from the movies for the TV show and pretty decisively killed him here and kind of left them in the corner dead as well uh, as they carry out Carly. Um, yeah. I'm not sure they killed him, though. Okay. Yeah, and maybe think, not, but I think they, they may have shot him in the leg. He's bleeding out and he's have his leg amputated and now he's got like le- a leaping leg type of thing. Okay. Like maybe. cybernetic. <laughs> I, I kind of feel he's probably dead because I, I guess that Sharon's intention is she doesn't want her identity being leaked. Yes. And so like at least her intention was to kill him. And I think it is a couple of shots to the midriff. So, uh, (laughs) but whether he's, you know, is able to survive, um, who knows? Cause we don't, you know, we don't see him being carted away in, uh, on an ambulance trolley, uh, in the same way as with Carly. So, um, yeah, I, I guess we could at least say that he's, Dead. I think I think that's it. For, it's the for thing. Unless I've seen the dead body, I'm like, it's comic books. Absolutely, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. The, the assumption is yes. He he is. Uh, he will be leaping no more. He is a dead leaper. Yeah, or maybe he will have, as you say, Chris, maybe he'll have a replacement leg, uh, like Bucky got a replacement arm, and maybe it'll be arm versus leg in, uh, in Captain America <laughs> 4. <laughs> Potentially. Oh my God, but, I want to see that. 
obviously the bigger characters in in this, the bigger kind of villains for the series uh, are the Flag Smashers and, and Carly Morgenthau specifically. Um, definitely gone off the deep end uh, has Carly uh, by this episode. We had we we've had a few kind of terrorist moments that uh, she's done in the past with the yeah. car bomb, the attack on the GRC themselves is a terrorist act but this time she's going against the flag smashers and i think it's interesting that part of the conversation to the rest of the flag smashers the other super powered soldiers at least she's saying to them we could all die here today and our movement will continue forever and you see all of them looking at her going right right now now. not sure whether we want to be part of the movement uh, let alone all the rest of the people in the world we're not willing to give up our lives for this like they have a moment at least where they feel like they're not going to follow her and i think also there's coupled to that moment is where you know the kidnapping gets upgraded uh-huh. to we could also kill these people yeah. Uh, yeah. and and it's it, it relates to sam trying to take her um off the edge and you know stop her from continuing the path that she's on is yeah. that she's snowballed you know she blew up the place in, in riga and it's it the 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 idea of using violent means is just snowballing in her mind so yeah. it, it, it it's that i mean even that she says um you know to john walker i don't kill people whose lives don't matter in respect <sighs> Ooh, to yeah. lamar and it's like you know that's her view so she is absolutely willing to to kill and it comes back to zemo's point that you know she's gone she is now radicalized beyond the point of of redemption and yeah. i think it's hints at that as well yeah. so like yeah this this was it, it's almost you know unfortunately it was from sam's part he was trying his best but ultimately where she was at it was a fool's errand for him yeah. because he couldn't convince her to to back down exactly. um and i think herself you know she's struggling between um i guess what the ideals of Momadanya um, and what she was yeah. trying to do in terms of helping people with pharmaceuticals, water supplies, food, yeah. ed- education, and ultimately almost doing a military wing of the flag smashers and yeah. moving down that path. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it was, I, I thought it was. I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty good, um, for sure. Yeah, and we we also learned that they were the muscle for power broker as well. Yeah, we learned here that that's the reason they got the the serum was because they were working for the power broker. Um, and I think she's trying to she's saying to to Sharon Carter, you want you just want us to come back to work for you as well. So there's a little bit extra for uh, for those characters that we see in the episode. Overall, let's just have a quick chat about the flag smashers themselves. Um, I suppose and their kind of motivations. I think for me. Overall, I think I'm on the side of the Flag Smashers themselves and their ideals and what they were trying to accomplish. But the methods, once again, um, getting worse. Uh, and definitely for Carly Morgenthau herself, I couldn't see any redemption for her as a character. Uh, she's gone way beyond it. Exactly as you say, she's gone way beyond the point of redemption as such. But I can see why everybody else is uh, who's part of the Flag Smasher movement is going for what they're going for. I can completely understand that. I think that's that speaks to what Sam's saying as Captain America to to the GRC. Um, what did you think of them as the primary uh, villain, I guess you'd call it? It's not really a villain, but the primary antagonist, let's say, for the series. I liked the Flag Smashers as a whole. I liked them yeah, as being too. this movement, this... Um, I liked... I did like that they were some superpowered, and I... I Thinking of Carly, I liked that she was. The, I liked the character arc we got. Yeah. I liked that, like when she she's Sam's bookie to a degree. In that, like 
I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going, like, I agree with some of your ideas. I just don't agree with your methods. Yeah. yeah. Like, and it's that pushback. And we did get, like, it literally, there was, it was that Captain America, Winter Soldier, Cap versus Winter Soldier fight where I'm not going to hurt you. Like, stop fighting me. And right. It's, okay. Like, Bucky's, like, fighting Cap. Yeah. I wanted her to be Sam's Bucky, if that makes sense to you. I okay. like. I, I wanted her to be essentially the redemptive, like she she she's captured and she's like depro not deprogrammed, but I get like, it, yeah. But essentially, they could like have her that she's arrested. Uh, Sam talks her down, yeah. After a big fight, she's arrested and becomes like the she becomes the 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 face of the the flag smashers, but actually says, "Look, we were wrong." We're going to work with the GRC. There is going to be a. We're going to be part of the council. We we are going to stop our violence. Like basically, an armed stance, like a peace treaty. Like, yeah. and then you get that redemptive. Sam has not just talked the GRC down, but she's talked the flag snatchers down and things like that. the The death of Carly is very final. Yeah. In this, and we can move then towards the rest of the flag smashers because essentially the movement is not. The movement is not dead, but the key Absolutely. players are yeah. dead. Yeah. There is potentially a Kali 2.0, as Sam says, isn't there? There, you there know, might be if they don't do the if right thing. If they don't thing. do yeah. the right thing. Yeah. And I, I love um, I love the little twist as they're being put into the back of the van to be taken off to the raft. Mm-hmm. And one of the... One of the police guards says, you know, one world, one people. Uh, And you are there going, you know, the organization is absolutely there. And of course, these are all super soldier flag smashers. Um, But ultimately, then the the nice little twist where it's, you know, the butler from the limousine uh, with the car bomb trigger. (laughs) Where Zemo's butler then ultimately blows up the van yeah killing the super soldiers and you have the pan to zemo in the raft you know kind of just um relaxing hearing that news and it was interesting because just before that when they said that they were going to the raft and zemo was there i had this vision of him you know walking past them as he was getting his food from the canteen going i need to kill you i need to kill you um but it was just it was a nice little sort of double twist, yeah. but the flag smashers ultimately still exist as as, yeah. as their ideas and their organization. There is one flag smasher um, super soldier alive. Yeah, the helicopter. The dude. helicopter yeah. dude. He is so Cap has gone after him. Yeah, he is the final, the final flag smasher. Exactly. Yeah, we see one of the um, one of the representatives of Jersey asks Sam for help uh, yeah. to go and take down the last of the flag smashers. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So there is is still one out there. Of course, there's always going to be one yeah. super soldier person out there that you can't control. Uh, definitely. Um, one quick thing, and I know we're going to talk about Sharon in a minute, but uh, one quick thing: the death of Carly, the shooting of Carly, um, potentially before Sam could turn her around. Um, it's Sharon Carter that kills her. I think just to just to kind of underline your point from earlier on, Sharon killed Batrock and also killed Carly because both of them know she's the power uh, power yeah. broker. So, um, so I think while Sharon may easily be able to justify that and does easily able to justify uh, Carly's death, she also did it to protect her identity as well. So yeah, oh yes, absolutely. Because Carly had the gun at Sam, was yeah. going to shoot him. Um, yeah, you know. 
No, but it, it no, looked pretty inevitable that she was going to do that. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, yeah, Sharon has covered the... Yeah. Yes, agreed. But gentlemen, let's move on to our uh, our fourth point and our fourth character. Uh, John Walker, I, Captain America, a.k.a. US Agent, a.k.a. Okay, sure. Well, Let's definitely not Captain America this. this episode. He doesn't have the title at all, even though he does call out I'm Captain America uh, once in here. Yeah. Uh, it is really interesting to see John Walker, a character that um, has been disliked as he's supposed to have been for the whole yeah. series. Uh, get a, at least a little moment of choice here. So he has the choice of either going on a revenge path, which is the whole reason he's here. He's here to kill Carly Morgenthau. Yeah. That's why he shouts out her name at the beginning. And wow, the red rag to the bull of Carly saying to, to him, I'm sorry about Lamar. I don't kill people that are meaningless, basically. Uh, yep. is so harsh. Uh, and you can totally understand why he goes into a full-on fight with her uh, with his tinfoil shield, uh, <laughs> which doesn't last very long, exactly no. as we expected. It, it is pummeled. Yeah. Pummeled when we last, when the end of when we see it in the construction yard. It is just dented and cracked and falling apart. It do, like We do see that the he welded... His um his medals to the inside yes of it to keep, to give him inspiration we suppose um which works apparently um but yeah like okay so let's talk about this character's arc all right okay so this character is introduced we tell he's a war hero he's he's a bit uppity but he <laughs> has a good. PR arm, he's, he essentially knows I, like, I'm not Steve, but this is what we'll discuss. And I am the world's new Captain America. This is, he is placed high. So the fall is large. Like yeah. he, he, he soars so that his fall from grace is big. Uh, and basically in the last episode, he goes crazy. He kills a man. Like he, he goes, uh, psycho. In the fourth episode, in the last episode, he's uh, less than only discharged mm-hmm. and kind of recruited, and he's but he's still lying about everything, and he he has that twitch, and then he kind of fights the good fight in this one, kind of makes the right choice. He he does make the right choice definitely, but this isn't a redemption of John Walker. I don't think this was a moment where I was expecting the senator to go, we were all wrong. You're now our Captain America. You're now another Captain America. <laughs> we'll give you back the shield or anything like that. I think it is just simply the choice in his mind to go from someone that would be hell-bent on the revenge and the murder of the person that killed Lamar choosing to go and save hostages instead of killing her, I think is his choice in the episode. And I think that's just, it's more of a mindset change than a big redemptive moment for uh, for Walker, I yeah, I mean, I for me, I just took it that you know he's married with a wife. He's he's you know been in the military. There's an idea of service there, of helping people. Okay, he also kills people, and I think that's the kind of battle there in in his mind. Yes, um, and it, it's not as such redemption. I don't think it, it, it's again just adding a depth to the character that he is he's made a choice and in this instance it's a choice that helped save the council members yeah. um until Sam came to you know finish uh, that save off as, as it were yeah. um and 
I, I think it, it, it's that, and that's it's 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 just interesting. It, it, yeah, yeah. it adds the layering to to the character, absolutely. And um, certainly, when you know of his continued association with the you know enigmatic Val at this stage, well, absolutely, yeah. I, I think for your question, Christo, I think overall his arc this season to me has been this guy can't be Captain America, yeah, but he can be heroic, and I think that's the. That's the kind of arc that we get with John Walker. By the end of the season, he can be heroic. He should be. He's he's a well-decorated military man. But by the end of the season, we know he absolutely can't be Captain America. He can't handle the pressure. He's way over the top. He he murders for revenge, effectively. Um, but here, making the choice to not murder for revenge, try and save people, he can be heroic. Yeah. And he also can't be an ironsmith and metal welder. No, he cannot. No, no. Uh, Yes, destroyed. Destroyed shield, yeah. Yeah, okay. Look, for me, it was essentially like they, 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 they built him up. They brought him down. And personally, I think the character would have been better, like, going to that crazy twitchy level and staying there as this kind of slightly, like, unpredictable bedraggled kind of crazy captain okay. or like I thought that would have been cool I suppose what they just in my view they've kind of brought him down and then they just raised him up slightly because they gave him like oh he made somewhat of the right choice now so he he's not Captain America but he's, he's still going to be a good guy quote unquote to a degree well, and let's anti-hero. talk about that. Yeah, let's talk about that. Uh, the Contessa's um, appointment of yes. uh, of John Walker to this new position as US agent. Uh, for me, I mentioned it last week, absolutely love the character for the comic books and really like what Julie Louis-Dreyfus is doing here. I don't understand enough about the character right now for this scene to make sense to me. Yeah. Who is she? Does she work for the government? Can she appoint him as US agent? Is she even responsible for anything to do with the US government. Uh, last episode, all we got was the business card with a uh, black side and a white side on us. No detail about who she is, what her connection is. She's sitting in the room where he got his court-martial, mm-hmm. or where he got his, his discharge, but nobody is there from the government saying anything like, now you can work for the government. Nobody's nobody's saying that the things that Walker has done yeah, exonerate I- him from what what they punished him for. They're just sitting in the same room, and Val is saying to him, I'm giving you this position, I'm giving you a suit, I'm giving you uh, this ability to be US agent. And I just kind of thought, does this work for any, does this work right when we don't know who she is? That's it. It's a weird location that that scene happened in because you are thinking, have they just had a hearing where he's been kind of exonerated or, um, it, it's an honourable discharge, you know. It's the, it's kind of been amended, yeah. and he can work for other government services yeah. still, or something like that. And um, or, you know, I why not back at his home or or something like that where they meet? Yeah. It felt a weird, weird location, and, and there wasn't enough to know whether there had been that hearing, um, or or what really was going on. Yeah. And I I wonder if she is in Black Widow. Yep. Um, and so. Maybe it's just because of the timing of the way things yeah. panned out that it, it makes less sense here. Um, but I, I still love the character of, uh, uh, of CVADF. Um, <laughs> I really do, uh, like her, I, um, for sure. I love that moment where she sees the news, uh, on her, uh, on her phone and goes, was I involved in that? No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. 
Or was I? I know. I just love <laughs> great that. Uh, great little moment about the yeah. duplicitous uh, of uh, of the Contessa. Really, really, really interesting. And also, you you just said the word seven times. I think that's because I wrote it in the notes, John. But the fact that she's saying we're bringing you back as the US agent because things are about to get weird. Um, remember the next big Marvel movie that's coming out uh, following up from WandaVision is, uh, is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So uh, that is when the Marvel Universe gets weird, right? So, um, yeah, exactly. so I like that there's a little touch there that uh, the universe is getting weird and Val knows something about that. So there, yes, the rumor is that she is in Black Widow. Um, so I that that... My current hypothesis is that she recruits um, a, a new Black Widow. So yeah. she's building her version of the Dark Avengers. She now has her US agent, her Captain America. She is going to build someone else and someone else and someone else, and that's going to culminate somewhere. Um, I do wonder, when she said things are going to get weird, is she building the anti-Skrull Avengers? So we, she is the, the anti or the opposite alternative Nick Fury, Nick Fury returns in Secret Invasion, um, where it is, if it's like the comic book, it's basically about an, a secret conspiracy invasion by the Skrulls to the US, where they have replaced certain people. Could Countess essentially be building a army against the Secret Invasion stars? So essentially, Nick is trying to, like, he's in the middle, and you have this evil Skrull Empire queen building her undercover sh- shape changing evil alternatives. And Contessa is trying to build an Avengers to take down this alien invasion. And Nick needs to stop both of them with and not kill every Skrull ever out there right. because he actually works with the Skrulls and enjoys the Skrulls, etc. That's a bit far then, uh, the line that I was thinking. I was just simply thinking back in Iron Man. Yep. The first movie in the MCU, we had Nick Fury coming in to set up the Avengers here in what would have been the first MCU TV show for Disney+. Plus. We have Val coming in to set up the new Avengers, effectively. Yep. A new Avengers group. I'm not too sure what the purpose of that is right now. But uh, we were talking last week about the thing that everybody was pulling out from the comics about the character of Val, that at one point she was... Uh, she was Madame Hydra. The one that the people kind of did forget about the comic books is I think she was the first uh, scroll that Nick Fury encountered. Uh, Nick Fury was talking to Val and turned out that she was the scroll. It was his lead in to the secret invasion that Val was a scroll, uh, which I thought, which I think is an interesting uh, little point of her history as well. So, well, that's um, it. There could be a lot of intersection here in, mm. in the sense that, you know, the secret invasion is that. And the, the, the scrolls, because we've seen them in Captain Marvel, um, it is, it, it's that link between space and the, the spy element yeah. and also the weird magical element that will be coming. It feels like it intersects nicely here. Yeah. And there's almost, in terms of Dark Avengers and, and that type of thing, um, or even with Thunderbolts possibly, it, it just feels like with Secret Invasion, you know, it could, borrow elements from Dark Reign as well, where you have the scrolls involved, you've got the magic element to it as well. Not saying that they will be following that. It's just that I think that, you know, they can draw from so much. Absolutely. And I I think that intersection plays nicely here of scrolls, the space element, the weird element, um, and the the more Hawkeye, Captain America and Bucky element as the, you know, espionage and, uh, 
world of the Marvel Universe. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one final word on John Walker, since this is his point. Uh, I do like that the uh, that his wife calls out that the reason why he's taking so long getting into his new US agent suit is because of the helmet. Um, yeah. Because I like that it's called out because remember all six of these episodes made before they started being released, but that was the first comment from everybody when they saw uh, Wyatt Russell in the Captain America outfit was that the, the helmet looks really off on him. And I love that his wife has called out. Yeah. That it's supposed to look off because... Uh, it always does. His head isn't right, the right shape for the helmet, basically. Interestingly as well, speaking of John Walker's wife, I felt she was a lot more comfortable in the presence of um, CVADF. Really? In this moment. Uh, or even just the fact that she would be there as well yeah. when they're doing the costume of US Agent. Yeah, yeah. Like... And I was wondering why is there a reason for that potentially scrolly reason I, as well? I did kind of posit this as well. The fact that the three of them are all in the room and Val's wondering why it's taking John Walker so long to, to get ready. I was wondering, has she just replaced John Walker with a scroll? Is that what's happened? Everybody's a scroll. Everybody's a scroll. Speaking of which, our bullet point number five, Sharon Carter. Is uh, she back- a scroll? Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> back in the USA with uh, with her mask um, disguising herself as male which answers the question why everybody thinks the power broker was male um, yeah. I presume she used this this disguise to hide the identity of who she really is you know that Carly Morgenthau obviously had direct contact with her in the past we know that she's yeah. called uh, Batrock in the past as Sharon Carter um, people know who the power broker are but don't know that it's Sharon Carter so I presume she's using the old shield tech uh, to hide her identity Um what did you think of the reveal uh, I, I'm going to ask you, Chris, because uh, I think we 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 thought it was going to be Sharon Carter, and you had kind of said you didn't want it to be Sharon Carter in the last episode. Yeah, I didn't want this to happen. This is just it's it just feels unnatural to do this to the character. So I now do I have to think that there's a rationale, there's a long game to this uh-huh. as to why they're doing this to the character. Yeah. Um, but Derek, you called this out, like you called out her history in like what episode three when she was introduced, when we mm-hmm. see first meet her in Magic War. In the comic books, Sharon Carter is like uh, a, a hero upon herself as Asian thirteen. Like she yeah. is huge, and I kind of feel they do her dirty. In this, to a degree, in that essentially they're making her this duplicitous kind of two-faced kind of character. Not in my opinion, not in this amazing way, because we don't understand why. Like essentially, she's just killing to save her identity, mm-hmm. and then she gets her pardon, and then we get that post-credit scene, and you're like, we don't have enough background, we don't have enough understanding as to. Her, her rationale of why she would become this. So, unless it, like, her whole thing is, I feel like I've been done dirty. Yeah, well, but, that, that was a rationale for, for going into being an art dealer, effectively. That was yes. a, 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 an underground art dealer, let's say. Uh, that was the rationale she gave for that. But yeah, the leap to being the power broker um, is, a, is a bigger leap. But I, I will say... Uh, maybe it's just on us. You know, the episode was called The Power Broker when she was reintroduced. We said at the end of the episode, why do, why call it that when you haven't actually introduced her to, introduced us as the audience to The Power Broker? We were back in episode three. We yeah. just didn't know it. It wasn't a massively hidden secret. But I mean, th- we also did say, or have they, a yeah. bit like Valentina. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we did wonder, you know, it was effectively in, in full view for yeah. everyone to see. Um, so yeah, I mean, on on Sharon Carter, 
I guess I'm the polar opposite of Chris here. Mm-hmm. I love what they've done with the character. I think she's maybe not had as much screen time. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with that thing of, you know, what's the motivation here yes. and, and so on uh, 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 around that. At the moment, you know, it's really just being signposted as, you know, she was forgotten, left for, for trash uh, by... I guess the Avengers as much as um, the US government and, and any remnants of S.H.I.E.L.D. So it's kind of, you know, she's forged her own path. And I really like that from the episode three. And I, yeah. for me, from Winter Soldier, they've taken a character that I didn't really have much knowledge about anyway. So I don't know about the Agent 13, but one that I thought was good in, in, in that movie, but it wasn't someone who I was invested in. Mm. And they've they've added chili, more spice, and <laughs> they they've you know put in a ton of garlic. Yeah. Uh, it is like they they've cooked up a little beast and I of a Sharon Carter, yeah. and I love it, and I love the contrast of what we know with Agent Peggy mm. Carter, and of course what the senator mm. says about you know the Carter name being synonymous with duty and trust, and you yep. get the complete counterbalance as she's coming out of that courthouse, um, effectively ready to sell secrets, prototypes of different weaponry to her buyers. But we don't know who they are, and wow. I, I, I just like that for me... The only other thing that needed to happen was for the Death Star to hover over New York yeah. City. And it would have been, like, perfect. You know, <laughs> she somehow had been in league with, um, you know, Palpatine or something. Well, I think um, she is in league with somebody. Uh, so here's my my theory about this post credit scene is that she's a scroll. Um, she's not yeah. trying to sell the military secrets to people as the power broker. She's getting military secrets for the Skrull Empire, effectively, the people that are going to be coming in and taking over. So I think the reason that we have a character like Sharon Carter becoming potentially nefarious is because it's not Sharon Carter. Yeah, Yeah. it's somebody else. Which is also great. I love the idea that she could be a Skrull as well. I think that would be a great setup for a future for for the movies. You know, this is the the one thing, you know, for, for, you know, comic book fans, the Skrull invasion is going to be a big thing. People who've seen Captain Marvel, they understand that there's a different view of them in the Marvel Universe. Uh, We know we've got secret invasion coming up. The Skrulls can be anybody. And the idea that they could be somebody from one of these TV shows or anybody on these TV shows uh, making their appearance in, in Secret Invasion. I think I love the idea of setting up the shows that way where there's one character maybe from each of the series that uh, that could have been a scroll. Well, that's it. It's like they've taken what was a chicken korma and have potentially generated a lamb vindaloo here. Okay. I don't um, know what that means. Well, creamy, thing, creamy and, and soft to just... You know, heat punch, uh, okay. like, and spicy. Like, I really like what they've done with her here. Um, and it, it was, it was just nicely played out, but I think she probably needed more airtime in this series as a whole, yes. a bit, I yeah. think. Cause oh, I, absolutely. I'd because, love to see more about Emily yeah, Van Camp. I definitely. think she was, uh, hard done by when she was in the biggest Captain America movie and then really didn't appear again uh, because they didn't have a place for a former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. So great to have her back in the show, but it did feel like they kept her away. Uh, also want to point out that idea of her standing on the street in New York with the mask, arriving there right beside Bucky. Remember, her sob story is that she was left on her own in Madripoor and had to fend for herself, never been able to talk to her family again, never get able to get back onto the U.S. soil, yet she's standing right there yeah. with her mask. So she absolutely could have done that 
if she needed to do it. Yeah. Um, so the sob story, I don't buy anymore from, from Sharon Carter. No. No, no not I at agree all. With that. Um, two points. One, the senator calls out a, we, would you like to go back to your previous uh, posting? Yeah. So there is a new shield. Yeah, new I department. Was I was wondering what her posting was actually. Yeah, because there's no unless there's no it's new the shield. Interpol when she was the liaison for Interpol with the U.S. government when it back in um, when we uh, first re meet her with Europol and yeah, uh, Claw when, and such and it went soldier with the explosion in Berlin. Yes, yes yeah. right. Maybe that's it. Yeah, yeah. That was the only one I could think of. But maybe like uh, unless we're saying that there is a new. They're not going to call it Shield, but a new secret service Shield-like entity. Well, We're not right going to say Sword. Shield is out there. Coulson is still out there uh, with, it's true. with Shield. Yeah. So <laughs> that's that true. Is still happening. If you've seen this um, second season of Shield, <laughs> yes. Uh, just but go to Melinda May. She'll recruit you into the, the new <laughs> version of Shield. I, I I'm going to say I like your theory about the she's a scroll. I think that that yeah. makes sense. Me too. And I think the only bit then is that we just didn't get enough, as John said, airtime. Yeah. And that, again, we can call it COVID. We can potentially just call it bad editing. I'm assuming they probably did more for whatever reason. We didn't get probably what we wanted, but it's a good, as you said, it's a good tweak. She is now, Emily Van Camp is now recognizable enough as Sharon, Sharon Carter. Uh, there's enough of a, oh my God, she's, she was a scroll and a bad guy all along. Yeah. That's, cool, that's now yeah, like big awesome. enough of a, oh my God. Uh, so I do like this, that they are now planting the seeds for potentially this invasion later on. Excellent. With that, with the invasion talk, do we have any final notes before we move on to our defense? Yeah, I've just got one. It just on some of the cinematography and the shots actually from this episode because, and I guess it links to what you were saying before about whether Carrie Scogland would, um, you know, do Captain America four. Mm-hmm. Um, there were elements of this. Um, some of the shots uh, certainly were the flag smashers are evacuating in disguise the the council members from their building, um, where it's flitting between that and sort of Bucky. Um, and Batroc and Carly, uh, like Bucky on the phone and all that. It felt very Christopher Nolan to me. The, oh, really? the editing and the shooting between, um, sort of those plot points and then the tense action of moving the, um, council members down the stairs right. and into the vans. I thought it was really nicely done. And I think maybe Nolan came to it because it felt really like a dark night vibe that and and with the music behind it building up yeah um and the other thing was there's that panning shot coming from the um GRC building at the start where it moves down the road uh, and either side are these uh buildings that reflect one another and they're both the same. And that felt very Nolan from The Dark Knight as right, well, right. Uh, with uh, a shot he did in Chicago. Yeah. And then coupled to that, just like the wingtips in the water. And also there's that kind of final scene, you know, in the cookout where they look across the bay mm. where Sarah's got her, her, her fishing trawler. Yeah. Um, and it was just really, like, really nicely done. There's some great bits of cinematography yeah. and, and shots in this that I really enjoyed. Absolutely, yeah. Hopefully we'll see uh, Carrie Scoglin step up to the movie. That'd be cool. Yeah. Chris, anything from you? A uh, very quick one. Um, we got a special thanks to Carlos uh, Pancheo, Rick Romander, and Stuart Immelman, 
who are the uh, artists uh, and writers of uh, the character of Captain America, Sam Wilson. Right. So when Sam Wilson became Captain America in the comic books back in, I think it was like issue 25 of Captain America, Mm -hmm. uh, the new run, that was uh, the, that was the creators. And And that's why they couldn't have a sleek Wakandan version. Yeah. They were, they had the licensing rights from Marvel that the Wakandans (laughs) were, uh, Sort of bound by, they had to do the suit from the comics. Uh, okay, ooh, there you go. Uh, that took a, that was a journey to get to that one. That really was. <laughs> it really was, wasn't it? Uh, but yeah, no, I just like that they called it out. Uh, they 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 called him. They waited until now, which made sense because this is when we first saw the suit. Yeah, to say thanks in this one, I was like, okay, right, well done, good on Marvel. Good call, it, Chris. Like that, like that. Uh, do you defend the finale of Falcon the Witch Soldier, Chris? Yes, I do. I do. It, this felt like high impact, uh, lots of fighty fighty, little amounts of talky talky. Could I have done with a bit more talky talky? Yes, I could have. Um, I felt like it could have done with maybe about 10, 15 more minutes, uh, just to tie a few more bows, just like we said, like just to get a bit more on Sharon, to get a bit more on Val, a bit more on John Walker, just to expand. It felt rushed is the wrong word. Because it uh-huh. didn't, it felt like the perfect culmination of a lot of the, the scenes we were looking for. It just felt busy, is probably, in a good way. Uh, so I just, yeah, I defend this. It, it was, I enjoyed the culmination. I'm even happier now that we're going to get the, this new Cap and Winter Soldier uh, storyline uh, continued in a film. Because this is great. I like this camaraderie that's been built. And I just want to see where a lot of these threads go. Uh, because... It's going to be a while till we see them again because mm-hmm. our next foray is Loki. Um, so it's going to be completely different. But on that note, Derek, do you defend this episode? I absolutely defend this episode. I think they did a great job uh, throughout the season, really, uh, overall, just setting up uh, this episode and having movie quality 40 minutes of the episode, the action sequences, everything that was going on, and and baking in Sam Wilson's ability to talk through situations into a fundamental part of his character without sacrificing the action that people want from the MCU, I think was accomplished really well uh, in the whole show, but specifically this episode, I think was a great capper on on what was a great season. Really, really enjoyed it. How about yourself, John? Do you defend the finale of Falcon the Witch Soldier? I really do uh, absolutely defend this episode. I give it four red wings out of five. Um, yeah, this was, you know, Sam becoming Captain America with the the new suit that's got wings uh, was really, really good. This felt really epic in terms of the action sequences and yet had a real emotional core with Sam and his his own personal journey of taking on this mantle as well as Bucky with Yuri and as as well as seeing Sharon go you know nefarious um it was I really enjoyed it um I I just thought it was just very very good and in particular the moment with Sam and Isaiah Bradley um you know the real deep emotional uh, part of this um for me 
you know, everyone kind of got their moment really in this. Um, yeah, and I would have loved to have seen a bit more of the Flag Smashers. They were, you know, they were kind of the main driving point through this series. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen uh, more of them, maybe with the interaction with uh, with Sharon to have more of Sharon. That could have been one of the ways. But um, I absolutely uh, really do defend this final episode of um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Fantastic. And on that note, gentlemen... Is that a pub I hear? It is. I wish. I, I, uh, I wish. <laughs> well, that's true. But also, how, what, what, how, what is the sound of a pub? I can't remember. It's been, yeah, it's been it's over been a so year since we're in a pub. So, it's uh, music, oh well. because then you can't hear everyone speak. But then you couldn't hear your pub quiz question, John. Do you want exactly. to give us our pub quiz question for the sixth episode? Yeah, fellow quizzers, fellow defenders, it is the final question, question number six of uh, this series pub quiz. So, the final question. What was the main chemical component or ingredient in the chemical device used on a flag smasher by Sharon Carter in the car park basement of the GRC? Oh, yeah, she says this and other stuff. So, it's just the one thing. Yes. Um, What was the main chemical component in the chemical device used on a flag smasher by Sharon Carter in the car park basement of the GRC? I wonder um, if he knew her identity as well, because it was a pretty brutal way to die, wasn't it? It was pretty. It, it was literally face-off. Uh, there yep. were a lot of face-offs in this. Uh, so melting. Yes, exactly. Um, but that is the final question. We will be giving the results of the pub quiz in our roundup and final feedback episode for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So if you've been sending in your answers via feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com, please send in your question six answer to um, go in so that you can go into the draw. Mm -hmm. Or if you've been holding back, please send in all your answers to all six questions uh, via feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com by the 29th of April uh, to be included in the pub quiz. And of course, just as a quick reminder, fellow defenders, the the prizes on offer are uh, the Funko Pops of Baron Zemo, the Winter Soldier and Sam Wilson. Mm -hmm. So please uh, get those answers in. Yep. Yep, have them waiting to ship out to whoever it is that uh, gets their hands on those goodies. Uh, thanks so much for everybody that's been entering. But yes, if you can get them in by the 29th of April to feedback at uh, tvpodcastindustries.com, be hugely helpful. Uh, we don't know just yet whether there's going to be a making of uh, for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, traditionally, that comes out a week after uh, the show airs on Disney+. Plus, So we are expecting that to come out uh, next Friday. If it comes out, that's what we'll be talking about uh, on our episode next week, along with uh, our goodie giveaway for Falcon the Witch Soldier. Yes. Goodie giveaway indeed. Gentlemen, before we move to our feedback section, where we're going to listen to everyone's feedback and talk through it as well, we just want to say a quick shout out to our Patreons. Yes, you Patreons have helped keep our lights on. You have helped keep our editor extraordinaire in coffee. You guys are fantastic. Thank you so much. And if you don't support us on Patreon, please consider it. Head on to patreon.com slash TV podcast industry where just for a dollar, dollar, dollar bill, y'all, you can support us and help keep the lights on and help keep this podcast train to go in because we are currently doing two, but we were doing three podcasts a week. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's good content because you know what? You get to hear our dulcet tones direct in those ear holes. 
especially want to do a separate shout out to those who have supported us on buy me a coffee yes special thanks to lisa sweat claire payne parthenia locklear dr bob phillips and chloe for that special coffee that has gone directly into the digestive system of our one and only (laughs) Derek o'neill keeping him in caffeinated goodness yeah absolutely thank you so much to everybody that's been that's been buying me a coffee really nice way to support the podcast that's the a one-off way to support us as chris mentioned you can also support us over on patreon if you want to uh, contribute a monthly amount a uh, monthly donation to uh, to the upkeep of the podcast i suppose <laughs> and make sure that we're able to produce it uh, every month it's been really nice to get the messages as well from uh, from everybody that's been uh, been supporting us as well uh, we will of course uh, say a huge thank you to everybody that's been uh, that's been supporting us over the many many years now that we've been doing the podcast but let's hear some thoughts of our awesome fellow defenders as we get into our feedback section yes first up ryan sent in a couple of voicemails about his thoughts on the season so far hey guys ryan here wanted to give you um, a couple of my thoughts uh, in regards to probably from episode two to episode five of falcon and the winter soldier now being a bit quiet on the uh feedback but you guys have been answering all the questions and thoughts and stuff that i've had so thank you for that um First and foremost, I really like the humour. Uh, it's been a bit slow for me when I compare it to WandaVision. Maybe it was just that there were so many theories that we all had in WandaVision. One, it annoyed me when I think about it now. But two, it kept you guessing for the whole week. You could listen to literally eight, nine podcasts and a couple of YouTube channels and and have so many different theories and Maybe that was a bad thing, and I think I said to you afterwards that I, I generally didn't even watch the half the uh, trailer for halfway through the uh, season of this. I just thought, no, I don't want to be spoiled. I've stayed away from everything. So it was a bit slow in that sense for me, but the issues they were hitting were absolutely amazing. I'm going to send you another voice note with those. But the one, two things I'd really like to point out is that I think you guys pointed out before the humour in this is hilarious now and again the ones that stick out for me is when sam tells bucky not to let zemo get to him because he just does that stupid head tilt thing and you see him straighten out his head hilarious and this week when bucky helps him out and he asks him why don't you use your hand he said i'm right-handed i don't think of it all the time hilarious great to hear from you ryan yeah that there has been some really good fun moments in the season hasn't there there really has and i i do agree it's interesting to say that you're the fact that it's slower than one division i actually thought it's actually the opposite but i see what you mean it's slower because there was more oh my god theories going on well it's got it like, <laughs> yeah it's basically just say it was manifesto it yeah. was manifesto watch we were all like oh my god was that manifesto like, was that manifesto yeah. was that manifesto See, I love that we we're replacing that now with is that a scroll? Is she a scroll? Is he a scroll? <laughs> yeah, this is which scroll feels more realistic than Mephisto, to be yeah. honest. Or uh, Cthulhu coming out the you know the ground. <laughs> that would also be Mephisto level job. Uh, thanks so much, Ryan. I know you got another piece of feedback for us as well. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Hi guys, Ryan here again with my second voice note. Um, I'd like to quickly just touch on the issues that have been raised during this series, and I am. Um, I'm glad, um, as a black man, I'm glad that Marvel have not beat around the bush, Disney too have not beat around the bush, and straight up said things that, I'll be honest with you, I, I wouldn't expect them to say in a Disney program, and I'm glad they have, you know, the words that that were said last week, you know, that no, that no black man, no right-respected black man would want to wear that shield, and the way that must have made Sam feel, like, and 
you kind of you completely feel for Isel and why he feels like that. You completely feel for him and understand him and sympathise with him. But I just know that Sam's going to not make him see different, but make him realise that I am going to be changing. I'm going to try and change. And if we don't try and change together, then nothing's going to change. And, you know, it is just good to actually not see them beat around the bush, especially in the week we've had with the trials in America and the stuff that's happening in America. I know this is a podcast like that, but it is good to see them actually not skirting around these issues. So well done, Disney. Well done, Kevin Foggy. Well done, Marvel. Let's see what happens. I've got episode six to watch later on and I'll be sending you a a season wrap up. But once again, thanks for all your feedback, guys, and everyone out there. Thank you very much. Take care. Speak to you soon. Thank you so much, Ryan. No, look, thank you for your feedback. And I I mean that actually wholeheartedly. Absolutely. Um, I'm glad. And I think this is the thing. A lot of people expect comic book shows, TV, back in the day to be wham-bam, pow-pow, ka-joink-ka-joink type noises. It was spectacles. It was popcorn films. We are now in the golden age of... uh, Marvel of cinematic universe of shows where they can discuss very serious topics around the world that that not everyone will have a a view on or a lot of people will have a view on and everyone will have a right of view but hopefully the discussing of these topics can lead to great discourse or at least get greater uh, discussions, more people to the table to bring it. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. As as you mentioned last week, I think it was so well handled as well in the show. It's not it's not about saying that what Isaiah's opinion is is wrong. His opinion is right for what he's gone through. Yes, and having this character, the central character of Sam Wilson, choosing to take up the mantle, knowing that some people are going to hate him, knowing that some people out there will always be racist, but that's not going to stop him from fighting for a better world uh, for everybody, effectively. I think that's a such a powerful sentiment of the show, and I think it delivered so well. Yeah, thanks so much, Ryan. Yeah, I completely agree, you know, that it was really just said straight up. Um, yeah. You know, I completely agree. Uh, and that whole um, conversation between Sam and Isaiah at uh, Isaiah's home in Baltimore and, and that complicated relationship um, around the shield, around the icons uh, being black men, I thought was really, really good. And I think like in this episode, this final episode with Sam calling out about, you know, the eyes looking at him um, the uh, with the the council members yeah. and that people will hate him for, for, for wearing that. You know, it, it's just, as you say, it's straight up, it's to the point, and, you know, there, there is a absolute uh, truth to that that is being confronted head on. Uh, so mm-hmm. really, really good. Uh, yeah, thanks so much, Ryan, uh, for, for the feedback um, and, and the voicemails there. Absolutely, absolutely. We got an email in from Stephen Sherman on episode five. He says, hi, guys, discovered you guys back in July of 2018 and didn't fully get caught up until you'd finished your coverage of the Marvel Netflix shows. I absolutely love your guys' takes on the Marvel shows and movies that you've covered, and I'm excited to finally be sending in feedback for the show. Welcome, Stephen. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome, Stephen. Uh, Good to have you on board since July 2018. Exactly. And uh, good for you to pop your head up um, through the feedback. Really good to get your, your email in. 
Absolutely. Yes, Stephen continues. I just finished episode five of Falcon the Winter Soldier and all I can say is wow, especially in light of Sam's conversation with Isaiah Bradley. It's so awesome to see him picking up the shield and getting ready to become the Captain America we've been hoping for this entire series. What do you think Bucky had the Wakandans make for Sam? My guess would have to be a new set of wings with the red, white and blue colour scheme of Captain America's uniform. Um, I absolutely can't wait to see what's in store for the final episode next week or to hear your guys' coverage of this week's and next week's episodes. Your fellow defender, Stephen Sherman. Thanks so much, Stephen, for the feedback. Uh, good to have you on board. Uh, we did uh, see, obviously, in this episode what the Wakandans had developed. So it's a full-on Captain America suit that also has wings enclosed there as well. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's great that um, it had the wings. Um, don't think they had, I, or I didn't catch red, white, and blue color scheme on them, on the wings themselves. Uh, you know, kind of almost a bit like fighter plane or something like right, that. Right. Um, but certainly uh, the suit uh, certainly got those colors. Yeah, definitely. Yes. All, all combined together. Yeah, no, they were red, white, and blue. You were right, John. The, the wings, wings were. Yeah, wow. they, they were red piping at the top. Uh, with a, a blue section followed by white under the bottom. Interesting. Very good. good. Very good. So Stephen, Stephen got that right in his email. He did. Stephen. Good stuff. Stephen, yeah. Um, Jerry over on email on episode six says, Hey guys, great action and lots of emotions in this finale. Captain America's suit was outstanding. Sharon Carter, the power broker, wow. Mm-hmm. My only beef with this episode... Marvel keeps killing its villains. Carly was a very compelling character, like Eric Killmonger. I think more could have been done with her. Zemo getting the last word with the flag smashers? Kaboom. So where do all these characters go now? What are Val's plans for John Walker? Cap and Bucky a team now? Sharon Carter, the big bad for season two? The future is bright for the MCU. Jerry in Niceville. Yes, it is definitely uh, bright, with a little hint of darkness in the sphere of Sharon Carter, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that is scroll-related or whether she has literally just turned to the dark side, who knows at this point? But uh, it's just so intriguing, um, all these things happening. And certainly, um, yeah, rather than a season two, it is most likely to be a Captain America 4 movie, which is great news. Um, And yeah, you're right. Killmonger was a really compelling character. And I think, you know, Carly with her relationship with Sam had that sort of uh, duplicity of, you know, she she was polarizing, I guess, in what she did in the same ways with Killmonger. So um, really, uh, really interesting if they had kept both characters yeah yeah i I think there's probably the difference i see between killmonger and carly is that carly had some beliefs and the action she was taking was wrong as we've mentioned before there's still the flag smashers out there there's still people that believe that that is uh the right the right approach without the violence effectively so um with killmonger you could kind of buy into his ideals but it was just him and when he was gone that was the end of the ideal almost um whereas with carly She's gone, but the movement lives on, I suppose. Uh, suddenly felt like bursting into song from... Uh, that was going to say. <laughs> from the miserable, I think, uh, there. Uh, excellent. Thanks very much for the feedback, Jerry. Yes, thank you so much, Jerry. We also got some email feedback from Chloe, who had this to say, Hello! Cap is back. It's great Sam became Captain America. Not so great. The other Captain America made a breakable shield, which got beat up with a few hits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bucky seems like he doesn't want to fight. And who takes a phone call when they should be looking for the hostages? But finally, we found out Sharon is the power broker. But is she evil? Seems like it. 
it seems like the Flood Smashers are going to come back in a movie or a show. Also, is Val, and I technically didn't say her name, evil or good? Very confusing to find out who was evil and who was good. Also, I heard there is to be a fourth Captain America with Sam's cap. This episode felt different to me. Two of the things that didn't seem totally off to me in this episode is when Captain Falcon made his speech to the Senator and the other people who just seem important. Also, Sam showing Isaiah that he won't be forgotten for what he has done Mm -hmm. in the Smithsonian. Finally, it seems like there should be more episodes, but hopefully they will show more backstory about Sam in the movie. Oh, and one more thing. How Sharon took off her face to Skive in the beginning was just wrong. Very, very wrong. But, oh well, this was not my favourite episode. Next up is Loki. Hope you enjoy the coffee I sent you from Chloe. Thanks so much, Chloe. Yes, I loved the coffee that you guys sent me. Thank you so much. It was really nice of you uh, to, to buy me a coffee on uh, on buymeacoffee.com. Really nice of you. Um, yeah, we, we've talked about a, a lot of the elements that are really great in this episode and definitely Captain Captain Falcon, I like that, uh, making his speech to the senators was really, really good. And, and yeah, those, those scenes with Sam and Isaiah were, were fantastic. Um, in terms of who's good and bad in these shows, uh, you know, I think Marvel tends to uh, like hiding that, uh, with especially with a character like Val who walks in with all that confidence that we saw her walk in with and you don't know what what her purpose is you don't know whether she's good or bad so uh we'll probably see that in the future we're definitely going to see the character back in the future looking forward to it yeah thank you so much chloe i just noticed in your in your message there chloe you did also point out bucky taking a call when he shouldn't be taking a call didn't somebody else do that earlier on the season sam did that uh, which also got him in major trouble um, for, for taking yeah, a call. Yeah, absolutely. When he shouldn't be taking a phone call. So maybe these two are quite well matched. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think um, there was a good call out from Sharon in this saying you had one job to do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet the the, the face-off disguise um, certainly coming from, as we, we mentioned, the, the, the shield technology from Captain America and the Winter Soldier yes, movie. Yes. So um, there's some real nice links going on through um to the the previous movies so yeah and as you're right next up is loki where we get a bit more uh magical and mystery again um as we we were with wandavision so uh yeah thanks so much chloe uh for the feedback it is really really appreciated and another email came in from victor sellers who says Hail Derek, John, Chris, and fellow defenders. I could not imagine a better finale. Mm-hmm. Looks like we were all in on the new cap outfit. Sharon appears to be the power broker, but who is she reporting to towards the episode's end? Girls. <laughs> <laughs> John Walker joining the battles was welcome, but his shield is not up to snuff. Mm-hmm. Baron Zemo striking from the raft was most fitting. Batrox challenge to Power Broker, not very smart. Yeah. I feel the Sam and versus Carly engagement regrettable, but unavoidable. Sam's engagement with the GRC in front of the media was epic. Bucky doing the work, as Sam suggested, was most welcome. I thought the Isaiah Bradley closure was also epic. I'm looking forward to season two and your podcasts. For now, in the meantime, perhaps we will meet in a galaxy far, far away. Excelsior, Victor Von Doom. Uh, Thanks so much, Victor, for the feedback. Um, Yeah, I think the Sam was 
you're absolutely right. Epic, um, in this, in terms of that confrontation with the, the GRC and with, um, you know, his conversation, uh, with Isaiah Bradley, uh, as well. It really kind of felt like a good, like, uplifting umph uh here uh in terms of his, his message it was, it was really good um cap outfit um i'm in on it in terms of design love the wings um but i i think wakandan design and technology uh didn't um didn't make it through to the final prototype uh, of this but i guess it is version one um you know unlike uh, Carly version 2.0, we probably will get a version 2.0 of, uh, the, the new cap outfit. So I cannot wait for that. And Baron Zemo striking from the raft. Yeah. What more would you expect from the master manipulator? Exactly. Like it's going to be good to see what else Zemo can do from being locked up because the butler did it. It's true. And it's going to be that butler, but it's going to be the first serial killer butler in the MCU ever. It's going to be great. They could do like a Knives Out 2 or something in the MCU, you know, or um, oh, Clue uh, with uh, uh, Zemo's butler. It'd be awesome. Yes. <laughs> I love it. There's two other Knives Out movies coming, so maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll set one in the Avengers universe. <laughs> well, that would be great. You know, the big mansion um, and all the Avengers are there around the dinner table and they're slowly picked off by Baron Zemo's butler. Maybe that's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Maybe we'll be at, maybe at Xavier Mansion. That'll be the introduction. The X-Men will be through, uh, through Knives Out. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> but over on Twitter, we also got some feedback. First up from Musical Concepts, a.k.a. Matt Murdick, who said, I actually really hate, even though I understand Sharon being that person, she was forced to survive and thrive in a world that didn't tolerate her. Steve would be so disappointed. Mm-hmm. Score highlight for me had to be the main theme. All fanfare it up for Sam saving the transport. Pre-credits end was a little cheesy to me, but music supervisor Dave Jordan chose a good song, at least with Curtis Harding's On and On. I loved that song. That was really, really cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool, wasn't yeah. it? And we didn't really talk about in the episode the the uh, the new music for Captain America. Effectively, when when Sam arrives, he has his brand new theme, which is similar to the old Captain America theme, but completely reworked for Sam. I thought that was cool as well. Agreed. I, I did yeah. really like the the. It's the tweaks. It's sometimes that they made some very iconic themes, and yeah. I think it's just those ongoing tweaks that. I think probably Matt will be able to talk about it better where it's just when he says all fanfared up, it is that kind of like some, there's sometimes they're just blown up. I, I'd love to see a, a roots version of the kind of Captain America theme. So the roots are the Jimmy Fallon's um, kind of musical band. Oh, it's house band. They're, 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 okay. they're, they're also a well-known band upon themselves. They were, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but I'd love to see them do a take because I think that would also be really interesting to hear. Excellent. And, I like Sharon being that person, but, but, um, Matt, I definitely think with that line, Steve would be so disappointed. You're absolutely right. 
which makes me feel that it, she's not operating uh, entirely with agency here and could link to Derek's uh, scroll theory uh, for sure. Uh, and I can, yes, I can just feel Steve Rogers' glaring, disappointed eyes. <laughs> See, now I'm suddenly getting this impression in my mind that I've made a terrible mistake here and I'm going to be really disappointed if that's not what happens. Uh, like all those people guessing Mephisto for every character in one division, <laughs> I'm suddenly going, oh, maybe I said the wrong thing. Uh, thanks so much, Matt. Uh, also on Twitter, uh, Jonathan Shouts says... Just watch the Falcon the Winter Soldier finale. I like that it wasn't a complete action fest. Will there be a season two waiting for the podcast from TVPI? Uh, thanks so much, Jonathan. Um, we know now it's not going to be a season two. It's going to be a movie. It's awesome. I still think we might get season two. Who knows? We'll get a, like a film and a movie and a film and a movie and a film and a movie. It's not a bad way of doing it. But at least we know the movie's coming. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, over on Facebook, Alex Baelish says, Thanks, guys, for giving such great content to this amazing show. As one that is coming to, into this as a casual fan of all the MCU movies, it was great to watch the show at face value, but listening to the podcast helps so much. That said, the last fight sequence had me on the edge of my seat, and Cap's new outfit was so cool. I think they tied up loose ends well, and still making you want more. They did so much in only six episodes. Can't wait to find out who blew up the truck in the end, and what is Agent Carter going to do? as well as see if US Agent gets more developed on the show but in the end we have Black Captain America working with the Winter Soldier excellent thanks Alex uh, yeah we we know now obviously who blew up uh, who blew up the uh, the van in uh, in the show uh, and yes we have some theories about the rest of it but uh, thanks so much for listening along Alex I hope uh, hope we've been helping you guide you through I suppose the bits that you might not remember from the MCU yes thanks so much Littlefinger for your very well crafted <laughs> feedback um I definitely um I'm feeling certainly um that I am in a minority on the outfit Oh, yeah. new, the new caps uh, outfit. You did maybe. like it though. No, I did. Yeah, but yeah. Maybe he doesn't not like. As much he doesn't like them else. swall. He don't That's like right. them swall. That's okay. You just want a bit more sleek. Yeah. But we also got some feedback from Dan Lee, who went, "Great episode, made even better by Sam's speech. Mm -hmm. Definitely my Captain America. I like that the U.S. agent and Sharon Carton threads have been left dangling for potential new seasons. Also." I heard a rumour that Val was the one true Madam Hydra. <laughs> In space. <laughs> Dan does have a lot of smiley faces after this because he's clearly poking fun at me. <laughs> Thanks so well much, Dan. Well done, Dan. <laughs> Keep it up. Needle, needle, needle. Exactly. Donald Dennis says, A few thoughts. I really like the series and the finale as a whole. I give it 4.5 out of 5 vibranium shields. And that's even taken into account the questionable premise of who is the new Captain America. I understand the essential myth-making make of creating a new Captain America, but I kind of think it's a dubious to assume whoever has the shield has to be called Captain America. It's like saying anyone who held Excalibur had to be called King Arthur. Captain America doesn't need to be a mantle like Sorcerer Supreme. However, given the social issues being considered in the story is great and I'm more than happy to embrace Sam as the new Cap. If Jason Strongbro in the comic books wasn't already American Eagle I'd have suggested that for Falcon's winged Captain America-ish name. <laughs> That's an interesting take, Donald. Um just just move between different types of uh, types of birds uh, to name himself after. Yeah, but that would be yeah, that is an interesting name uh, for sure because th there's part of me I love him as the new Cap but there's part of me, you know, 
love him as the Falcon as well. So yeah, yeah I need we kind of need a name smash, I right. guess. And uh, that sounds like a good one, American Eagle. <laughs> but I do like important for the show that he is the new Captain America. I think that yes, makes total sense. Absolutely. Uh, Donald continues. Sans new cap outfit looks like it was designed by Nike, not Wakanda. <laughs> Not a bad thing, and certainly better uh, than looking like it was made by a military surplus gear. Uh, in all, I think it's a win. I like that, yeah. I could see the Nike swish uh, up on on top of uh, Captain America's new outfit. Uh, <laughs> Donald said, I loved Sam's points and most of his speech was strong, but I found it hard to believe they would listen to him for that long, even though he was an Avenger and they accepted him as Cap. While I still don't love John Walker, I felt a lot less hate for him when he decided to save that truck full of people I didn't like instead of chasing down his friend's killer. And then when he didn't attack Sam for the shield to try and take it back, that was good. Then he stood next to Bucky while Sam was giving his sermon of truth and perspective. That also helped. By not doing things, he showed restraint I didn't know he even had. And his costume fitting, he looked less annoying. <laughs> Maybe it was the way the helmet fit. I can't really be the exact same costume, but in, bla- in black, can it? Marvel did a good job at setting up a movie or season two. I believe season two will be presented like a whole new thing. It won't be called Falcon and Winter Soldier season two. Maybe Captain America and the Winter Soldier. But it will be wrapped up as a complete story. Yeah, thanks so much for that, Donald. I'm wondering whether is Bucky even the Winter Soldier anymore? Uh, you know, if he's moving on. Captain America and the White Wolf. White Wolf, exactly. <laughs> it could be because, you know, like the ending for Bucky in this, in this episode is trying to put that mantle behind him yeah. uh, and move on, uh, for sure. And thanks, Donald, for the call outs on, you know, that John Walker, um, didn't try and get the shield back and he was listening to, to Sam's, uh, uh, speech to the GRC yeah. members as well. I think, um, yeah, it, it's just really nice that they've nuanced him in that way. I, I, I guess maybe he, he knows when, uh, something, you know, he's, he's ultimately accepted the fact that it's not for him he can't deal with it yeah. but he can be a u.s agent absolutely i like that john walker was listening to the speech and bucky wasn't because he got a text message yeah <laughs> from who though <laughs> that was just a joke he didn't get the I, text know, message. I know thanks so much for that feedback donald yes thank you so much donald yeah, Heather Wallace says, I've loved watching Sam flying and using his wings in so many different ways. I was really struck by how he used them to brace himself against Carly. Sam is a great character. He is moral, compassionate, and smart. Seeing him in action as Captain America and absolutely owning the title was brilliant. Absolutely agree with every sentiment in that paragraph, Heather. Um, Heather continues, just as soon as one title has its honor restored, another is besmirched. I hated hearing Sharon referred to as Agent Carter. That's Peggy's title, and it always will be. Mm-hmm. Sharon, being the power broker, seems to have so many plot holes and was one of the weak points of the series. As weak as Fate Captain's Arts and Crafts Shield. Absolutely. <laughs> um, finally, Heather says, speaking of Fate Cap, It seems like the writers didn't quite know what they wanted to do with him in this episode. He was being set up for a redemption arc and had to make the choice between saving the passengers or pursuing Carly. But even so, he's committed violent murder. Having him quote about mercy doesn't feel right. Um, thanks so much for Heather. I I think that is the jar. I think, um, I think with John Walker, it is this idea that he, I, I, that, he doesn't need to be redeemed. It's kind of just him. 
as a military person, the idea of service, the idea of leaders in wartime like Lincoln, I guess he, I think if he'd gone to West Point, that, you know, all those elements, um, would have been there. Um, I just think that's him, um, that he has that dual side. And I guess we need to wait and see as well in terms of if he's a real baddie. Yeah. Um, not that he's not a murderer, but it, baddie in the sense of comics, what, and how the US agent turns out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what he does in that role. But I, I think it's just a real depth of character that just is, I think. Yeah. Um, which is kind of interesting, I think, for, uh, for Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you so much. Richard Blade had this to say. Pretty much watched the entire episode with my mouth wide open. I have totally loved this series and didn't think the finale disappointed. Like Cap's new suit, grew on me as it went on, but still think it looks a tad too bulky. Slash frumpy. There you go. Yeah, no, I yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I've got three now, two on my side with yes. Donald and, and Richard. Richard went on to say, Now, Cardi, is she really dead? I have a feeling she may return at some point, as opposed to others who were blown sky high. Old fella in the car? Who? Well, we turned out that was Zemo's butler. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just Milady. Uh US agent actually quite liked once he dropped the angst teenager personality, and I'm intrigued to see where his story goes now. Bucky redeeming himself took the weight off him, and it's nice to see him actually enjoying life again. Mm-hmm. Series has to belong to Anthony Mackie. He's been given so many great performances, action scenes, and poignant speeches. He has literally acted his socks off and had us hanging on every scene he was in. Absolutely. The ending clearly is setting up a second series. God, I hope so. I really want to spend more time with these characters. Thank you so much, Rich. Uh, yeah, no. Anthony Mackie was one of the stars. Like, literally, uh, yes, on oh, the title card, obviously. Literally, he <laughs> is. But, uh, yeah, from a uh, look and feel of what he was doing, it really was good to see. Yeah, total standout on the show. Loved his performance in here. And I know he's done lots of movies over the last couple of years. Some great ones out there uh, to check out as well. Uh, and I'm, I'm really excited to see him take center stage in Captain America number four. Uh, Dr. Bob Phillips says, enjoyed that episode a lot. Highlights have to be the after credits scene. I could hear Aunt Peggy whirling in her grave. Uh, the speech and most of all, the statue of the Cat Museum uh, would have brought a longer Yuri Bucky scene and yeah. have the final titles read Cap America and the White Wolf and we oh, still yeah. haven't seen Sam snuggled up so my guess of a nice set of PJs in that box from Wakanda isn't completely extinguished yet. <laughs> Wakandan Jim Jams. I'm telling you they can make the best Jim Jams. Thanks so much Dr. Bob. Lisa Richardson says, I'm conflicted. I wanted the episode to either be longer or split into two. I really enjoyed the pace of the fifth episode and missed the longer character beats. If we had more time with the power poker reveal, maybe it would have hit harder. I'd love to see a flashback to Sheridan Carly and Madripoor, for example. That said, I'm pleased with the series and I'm looking forward to Loki in June. Yeah, I, I think that definitely, Lisa, um, you know, having power broker reveal, um, a bit earlier um would have helped sort of bring i think Sharon Carter uh into the series uh, mm, a bit more it did feel like she was on the periphery uh, and i i guess with the the whole nefarious um you know agent carter mark ii uh, walking out of that courthouse at the end you know a lot of people uh kind of quite rightly want to know why um so it's uh i i think you're right i i felt she after episode three 
just fell off from the episode a bit um you know other than maybe a, a quick scene with her on the phone um and so yeah i i would have liked to have seen more of uh of sharon carter yeah uh, definitely yeah, thanks lisa Thanks, Lisa. Ronaldo says, this was such a great finale. It literally felt like only 10 minutes. Mm. It went so fast. Having said that, it also managed to definitely cover everything to close out any loose ends. We see Zemo, Isaiah Bradley, Bucky's confession, the US agent, yes. (laughs) Amongst the likes of the Flag Smashers and the Power Broker, Sharon, no. (laughs) Our new cap looks magnificent, and I'm glad we'll be getting a movie. Mackie has a huge responsibility now within the MCU. I know he will do well. Mm-hmm. Ray continues, just another two points. Keen to know your thoughts. Did the act of heroism by John Walker with the armored van, had that changed your tune about him? Only two episodes ago, he did something totally abhorrent. But how do you view him now? I'm a bit conflicted, as his actions are brash and gruff, but in the comics you certainly come to side with him in the face of evil. And then with Carly, though Sam had a great speech, very effective, and one of the best written for the show, did you gain sympathy for Carly after her death? I still viewed her as evil in the way she didn't consider human life. She indirectly even says Battlestar's life was pointless. So although I very much sided with Sam when he told off the senators, I couldn't find the same empathy Sam had for Carly. I think her role was written quite up and down in that sense. I think we're meant to feel disgusted, then have empathy for her, but it was quite a difficult thing to balance. I guess that's the point, though. Everything isn't necessarily uh, black and white. Um, Absolutely, Ray. I, I, I think, you know... At the end of the day, Carly is a human being and we don't, you know, we, we get snippets of her backstory and what she's had to go through, um, at being someone that has been displaced with the return of people from the blip. I think, you know, she's blown people up. She's shown that she's willing to take people's lives. In that sense, she's a bad person. Um, but I, I guess it, it's more the cons, conceptual side of the flag smashers and the organization and you see that with the other remaining members of the flag smashers uh, when they hear her talking about killing the council members and um, that you know this isn't what people have bought in for and um, she's kind of gone down a, a, a different route it, it's like when a, a freedom fighter's are choosing political means and then you get that offshoot of a more militaristic wing uh, because of and and, it, and it's that split yeah. um it, it's that type of thing um uh, from me yeah, what's uh, with all the labels man with bad person good person <laughs> um. <laughs> and and I think with John Walker you know he is actually in terms of what he did in Riga that is totally abhorrent um and I I think that he he is a killer machine. I guess it's the structures in place around him uh, being in the military as special services. Uh, a bit like with Carly, the structures around her that's led her to to view the world in, in through a, a certain lens and um, have, have both kind of made them, um, I guess, militaristic in 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 their way, yeah. uh, their own different ways. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Ray. Um, Sandy Resendez says, Bucky showing up with a cake to Sam's cookout. That was all I needed. <laughs> Seriously, it was an awesome episode and they wrapped everything up beautifully and left me wanting more. So mission accomplished. Still not buying Sharon being the, the power broker, but it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Thanks, Sandy. Thanks, Sandy. We also have some feedback 
of a bit of a different take from Ted Willard. So I refrained from passing judgment until I had seen the entire series, but now that I have it, I have to say it was a disappointment. The series seemed to fall victim to what most of the MCU has avoided, which is focusing more on setting things up than telling a good story. I think the whole series might have been better if it had been edited down to a two-hour movie. I could have done without the dancing in Madripoor, for example. I did enjoy times when Sam and Bucky were down on the Gulf Coast with Sam's sister and her family. I also thought the entire subplot with Isaiah Bradley worked well. But most of the rest of the plot was something I followed along without caring much. The characterizations of Carly, Zemo, John Walker and Sharon Carter were extremely uneven. I felt that they always seemed to do what was necessary to drive the plot forward rather than stemming from their actual personalities. One of the cleanest examples of this was Carly's regret at killing Battlestar when it occurred as she had been specifically intended to kill Walker. I felt that they missed an opportunity to do a take-off of the old 80s buddy cop style show. I do like Sam and Bucky and hope Captain America and or season 2 of this show will do better. Thanks for the feedback, Ted. Each their own. Like That's the thing. There is so many flavours of the MCU. This one's not for you. That's fine. You didn't like it. That's fine hopefully maybe you'll enjoy Loki more and that's yeah, the thing like there, there's going to be many different takes I personally really enjoyed this I know a lot of our other fellow defenders did but hey that's if you don't like vanilla you may like chocolate if you don't like chocolate you might like mint chip different type of flavors of ice cream there's hundreds of thousands so whatever the flavor that you like stick with that flavor but always give a quick taster to everything yeah, th- thanks, Ted. Yeah, I mean, the characterizations, I think, of Carly Zemo, John Walker, and Sharon, as you say, I, I, you know, I think there is a lot of setting up going on in this, um, in this season, certainly with the promise of a Captain America 4 movie and some of the other uh, series as well that may um, link into to this, such as Secret Invasion, possibly. I guess it's all theories at the moment. And, um, you know, it's, so I think there's certainly the setup and I think the characterizations, you know, sometimes it, I, I just wonder how you, you put, you, you grab about, you know, it, it's an uneven characterization because of a writing element or whether they're actually trying to write an uneven character. Exactly. Thanks so much, Ted. Always good to hear a different opinion. Selima Kisler says, wow, great series. Sam's new costume is perfect and the US agent is nice too. Love the resolution for Isaiah. Even Zemo didn't get left out of this one. I wish they hadn't killed Batroc. What is Shady Sharon up to? That is the big question, Salim. Yeah, old Shazza. What are you up to? Deanna Maskell says, I loved Sam and Bucky's journey so much through the series and they really brought that to a satisfying conclusion in the finale. But the Sharon Carter and Flag Smasher stories were so disappointing, lacking the depth and meaning of the primary stories. Also a bit dissatisfied with the discount cap storyline. Why bother to give him a wife even? Such disservice to Lamar and suddenly discount cap redeemed? Such mixed feelings about this episode as a result. I can forgive Discount Cap's story, but not Sharon Carter. That is so disappointing. And I just don't think they sold that portrayal. These subplots were shown up badly by the strength of the Isaiah Bradley story. That's a really interesting take as well, Deanna. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Deanna. Um, And I think with the Isaiah Bradley story, because it was focused around 
with with Sam Wilson's journey as well. You know, they were so interlinked. It, it feels like you've got more uh, uh, about him, say, compared to Sharon. I, mm-hmm. I do feel Sharon is underserved in this series. A little but, bit, um, but I think that's a setup for, for a bigger exactly, story, as we mentioned. Exactly, yeah. uh, And I still have to say, I just love maniacal Shazza. <laughs> also like uh, Deanna calling uh, calling uh, John Walker discount cat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks, yeah, Deanna. Uh, Sean Riggins says, I believe tonight was the setup for Secret Invasion. Sharon is a scroll, which is why everything seems so out of character in the comics. The new adventures mm-hmm. discovered Electra, the scroll in Madripoor. So there's a comic book connection that we didn't see. Thanks for that, Sean. Excellent, Sean. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think that's a good theory. Yeah. Uh, Ray Felix says... It was a great show. I like that they were faithful to the Falcon cap suit. I love that they did US Agent and that Bucky was on the path to redemption. More so, the Isaiah scenes were a real tearjerker. I think I'll watch the whole series again in one sitting to see if I missed anything. Good plan, Ray. That sounds like a good plan. Because there is. There's a lot of stuff in here. Not to the same extent maybe as Wanda Vision, but certainly... Um, yeah, there's some good little connections potentially here. And I think with the, the secret invasion aspect and scrolls, um, there's also a lot of room for some good theorizing, fellow defenders. Yes, maybe Sharon Carter is Mephesto all along. Mm-hmm. She is. Yeah. We have one final piece of feedback from Dave Horrocks, who had this to say, what a fantastic episode to finish off a fantastic series. Sam's cap costume looked fantastic and the action was on point. Yes, thank you so much, Dave. You're right, it was a fantastic episode to finish off a fantastic season. Thanks, Dave. Good to hear from you. Uh, Finally, we do have a voicemail from Steve Brown about his thoughts about the final episode. Well, I'm definitely going to have to watch this one multiple times. Wow, so good. Uh, Hey, guys, it's Steve, and uh, this is for... uh, (laughs) I'm just giggling... Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Uh, it's going to be great. Um, so we're not going to get, a, you know, we're not going to get a second season of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but maybe we'll get a first season of Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Uh, wow. And that reveal, I was really kind of glad that uh, it turned out that Sharon Carter is the power broker, or at least for now, there may still be somebody else more behind the scenes, you know, uh, or she was talking to her assistant, but uh yeah, uh, but I love I love a couple of other things, quick things I really loved. Uh, I love they didn't make us wait to see uh, the Captain America suit on uh, on Fal- on Sam uh, with the wings and the shield, and just so so great. And that fight between him and Batrock, uh, just really cool. And uh, this is an interesting turn, I think, for Emily Van Camp, right? Because she's always been the good guy, and uh, so yeah, I'm excited uh, to to watch it multiple times and to talk about it uh, some more uh, talk to you later thank you so much Steve yeah giggling as well that was uh, when I saw that title card change to Captain America and the Winter Soldier it was just I, I, I giggled as well my wife looked at me like I had five heads she couldn't understand and I was like no because he's now Captain America anyway but yeah thank you so much I didn't see that. Did they actually do that on yeah, Disney Plus? Yeah. The title, the title card is changed at the end. It says Captain America and the Winter Soldier. I did not see that. No, I didn't either. Yeah. 
No, Must fine. go back and rewatch. We will definitely be rewatching um, that. Yeah, and I love your epic music delivery, Steve. As, as always. always, yeah, great, to, great to hear that too. Glad you enjoyed the season as well as much as we did. Thanks so much, everybody, for joining us for this epic podcast about the finale of Winter Soldier. If you want to get any additional thoughts into us about the show, we will be back next week with our with our wrap up and our pub quiz winner. You can just email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. We'll discuss any additional thoughts that you have then. Yes. Thank you so much, everyone, for your feedback, for your love, your support, and it all. Make sure you head on over to tvpodcastindustries.com and give us an old like, a rate, a review, a share, a bit of love, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe on any flying or grounded, vibranium-based arm, or now uniform, flying costumes podcast catchers. We'll be back (laughs) next week because... Derek just said we're going to be doing the feedback. But after that, we will be reviewing Loki from June 9th. Do, 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 do. Yeah. yeah, Loki TV series, Can't Time Brokers. Wait. It's going to be crazy. And of course, we'll be back with Marvel for Black Widow, which comes to cinemas and Disney Plus uh, Premium from July the 9th as well. Yeah. And of course, my fellow podcast hosts here, uh, Chris and Derek, uh, will have one more episode, the final episode of Invincible out uh, next week. And of course, Invincible is over on Amazon Prime. Absolutely looking forward to the finale of that one. And hopefully we might get our third co-host, John, to join us for that finale discussion as Ooh, well. Ooh, I might. Because cool. he has been watching all the episodes. He just, I have. He just thought he didn't have time to podcast. So uh, we, we did it without him. But uh, he might be back. Uh, next week's episodes. Thanks so much for joining us for Falcon the Witcher Soldier. Lots and lots of Marvel discussion that we've had, of course, this year. Kind of happy to have a little bit of a break in between series now because we've, we've been back to back since uh, the yeah. first episode of WandaVision came out and doing multiple shows. So kind of happy to have a little bit of a break to kind of take in what's happened in Falcon the Witcher Soldier and, and WandaVision. But so happy that we've had so many awesome fellow defenders joining us for this season. Yes. Can't wait to hear all your final thoughts and bits of feedback next week on our feedback episode. We will chat to you guys then. Goodbye. Yeah, thanks so much, fellow Defenders, for joining us. It's great chit-chatting with you. Uh, Remember, keep watching, keep listening, keep defending, and keep flying high. Bye. 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 I'm gonna tell you what the blues